This Week in League, NRL in discussions with PSY to perform his hit gangbang style at the 2012 Grand Final if the Bulldogs qualify. It is gang, gang name style. And with his proven record sucking, Brian Smith leaves the Roosters to take up a coaching director's role at Godfrey's. With Team Benji headed to Bali and Team Robbie headed to Phuket, the genius could be headed right out the door. And we review all the action from the final round of the 2012 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 103 of This Week in League. I'm Nate, and this week we have a special guest host, Sam. Uh, you may know him on Twitter as uh, at Mr. Underscore Wars, that is MR underscore W-A-R-Z. Welcome. Thanks for helping us out. Not a problem. A big rugby league hello to all my rugby league loving brothers from other mothers. And uh, you're a Broncos fan. We've done battle many times. We have. <laughs> Um, oh, look, I'm a bit upset because I got the late call up, so I wasn't able to rock out the aubergine pants today. Yeah, and that's and we've mentioned them on the show several times. I think they maybe might a be, dozen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really wish I could have worn them. I'm repping no Broncos whatsoever. I do have a slightly yellow jumper. It is slightly Broncoish looking, like if if your mother knitted you like a, a ghetto version of a Broncos jersey. I like did actually went to work in little like crazy metro cut off maroon shorts in this the other day, which looks like a um. Early Powers jumper, I think, yeah. subconsciously that's why I got it yep, at yep. the time. It does kind of look like the Powers era. But um, yeah, look, I'm straight off the plane from Cairns to come here and do this, so thank you very much for the invite last minute. Um, I'm forgoing clean clothes for, for the privilege. <laughs> I'll be heading straight back on the plane tomorrow morning, so I'm going to head to Rockhampton dirty, but well worth it. Yeah, yeah. And um, let's just, uh, Mr. Wars, something I've always wanted to, to where where's it come from? It's come from Star Wars. When I grew up, I was a crazy Star Wars freak. Yeah. Like, under the house is filled with all old figurines, books, yep. read all the books afterwards, yep. and just just came from Mr. Star Wars, Okay, basically. Wow, okay. I, had no, I, I, don't, I didn't even have the... And I've had that account, my Hotmail account, I've had for so long. Yeah, you know, so the Twitter name just became the same thing. And- yeah, basically, and it just, uh, and now it's just rolled into the rest of my life, so it's going to haunt me for the rest of my days, because <laughs> you can't now invest it in those accounts. That's I right. I can never change right. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You claimed, you've, uh, you've staked your claim yeah. digitally, and, um, and Sam was actually like well, we spoke about it before but I think the first the first day that we after we did the first episode um, of the show like the, episode, the very very first first episode um, we had 13 people download the show that day and um, and Sam would be one of the one of the initial thirteen, so <laughs> it goes way back. I so, remember, so yeah, concerned. following you guys back in the early days. Actually, I wasn't following Glenn; it was just yourself. Yeah. And we used to have a lot of Twitter conversations. I remember throwing out there, I said, "Oh, look, I'm really interested in maybe doing some sort of rugby league radio show." Yeah, that's right. You used to like some radio broadcast thing. it yeah. live, and then you DM me and said. You know, on the DL, I'm thinking of doing this, this podcast. And I'm like, oh, that's a fantastic idea. And you beat me to the punch. So yeah, it was day- literally like when you said that, like you were, going to, you were talking about doing something on Sunday afternoons and it was literally after we'd um, recorded the first episode, I said, you know, check this out. This is what we're doing. And we just literally just did it. <laughs> yeah, so podcast, so much better. I think back then I didn't even know what a podcast was. Yeah, the live thing, I mean, the live thing would be good. People talk about the live thing a lot. Um, yeah, and uh, I just wonder how, you know, if push came to shove, how successful it would be if, uh, you know, how many people we get to, to listen to. Because I've seen other, you know, other other people attempt it 
and you know get like seven people yeah. listening at the Pop, time you've so. got the right formula yeah. and in, I can listen to I'd listen to it on my long drives listen to it while I'm running I can listen to it in your own time yeah. radio's dead yeah and we do get people listening to it off uh, you know, from sort of, you know, last thing Wednesday night or, you know, whenever it lands all the way through to, you know, people sending messages as they're listening to it, like over the weekend and stuff. So, yeah. And um, the reason Sam's here, uh, very serious uh, and sad moment in the show is um, sad. It's been a really uh, very difficult week. It's really hard to talk about, actually. But um, it's been a very, very, very difficult week uh, for this week in league family and especially for Glenn. Um People, I mean, a, a number of people, you know, you probably know what, what situation is, so I don't really want to go into it, you know, in detail. And if Glenn, you know, wants to talk about it when he comes back, then, you know, by all means he can. But um, uh, very, uh, a tragic, tragic week for Glenn and his family. So obviously he uh, can't be here this week on the show. And uh, quite frankly, um, he, can, he can take as many as many weeks as he, as, as he needs because it's been, a, it's been a terrible week for him and uh, and, and his wife. And, um, and yeah wouldn't wish it on anybody so uh so uh he does say he did tell me you know to thank everyone for support um he's had a lot of you know people you know well wishes and things like that on twitter and on facebook and stuff like that so um so thanks very much for everyone that uh, who's you know been thinking of anything he really appreciates it and um yeah and uh he'll be back where as soon as he possibly can yeah we send him a lot of love definitely definitely okay <laughs> I'm happy in news. Uh, I can say though. I mean, even Glenn's not here to actually talk about the, the the Jackson story. As we're recording it on Wednesday, it's Jackson's birthday today. So I just want to say uh, massive happy birthday to the little fella. Five today. And, yeah. Um. And he's uh. And he has a um. An awesome cake. Uh. It was like a. It was in the shape of like a, a Broncos jersey, sort of laid flat. So like you know flat with the two arms out the sides, and it was done like you know like obviously the the yellow and uh, maroon colours of the Broncos, and yeah had Jackson on the top like you know for the name and everything. So that is um, fantastic. It's a pretty sick looking cake, and um and so best of luck to the little man who who's brought so much to uh to this show you know through the way of you know the stories and everything that Glenn's you know told him over all these episodes, and he's almost become like a you know like a third character or whatever on the show. So. Happy birthday to him, um, and I hope he has a good one. Yes, hopefully. Was there a number six on the cake? Was there any Lockyer representation going I on? I don't... I honestly do not remember, and I really probably should look it up and see. Um, you'd think it would have to be a number six for, for Lockie, but, you know, number six now could have some negative connotations. Oh. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's some negative... Easy. Uh, uh, gronk com- connotation... Uh, but I'm just going to quickly look up now while we're recording just to get, check that picture of the cake again. And um, and hopefully it's uh, going to load up quickly for us. While that's loading up, um, got a, a killer story to, uh, to to bring into it. Um, my son is just... Uh, he's, he hasn't played as big a role in the show just because he's uh, he's about a year and a half younger than, than Jackson is. So um, he's just only just now getting to the age where, you know, he's, you know, entertaining and stuff like that. But uh, got his first uh, ever, ever pack of football cards uh, yesterday. And you wouldn't believe it. Um, there's only one player he really knows and loves and 10 cards in the packs of the football cards. And I'm just turning the cards over one by one. And the first one was like, uh, I think it was Keith Galloway or something. So going, <laughs> That's big source. He plays for the Tigers. That's Uncle Glenn's favourite. Let's put him down. And then there was like uh, James Maloney. So yeah, he plays for the Warriors. Put that down. The next one, oh, I can't remember who it was. Um, Gavin Cooper from Cow- Gavin Cooper. He plays for the Cowboys. And the next one, 
Matai. <laughs> look, Matai. <laughs> so you didn't need to be told who that one was. So um, out of all the all the players in the in the NRL and um, you know the, and getting ten cards per pack of cards, the odds of getting that in the first one, um, yeah. Was it a, was it a limited edition like injured card? <laughs> did, it, did it come in any bandaging? That would have to be limited edition because he's very rarely ever ever misses any games through injury. That's true. This dude, he, just, he gets his rest on the field halfway during the game. Exactly. I mean, the dude, uh, as I've said before, he suffers literally a career-ending <laughs> injury every game. Um, often he suffers life-ending injuries, but he still manages to pick himself up and play yeah. and, uh, and and be the second best centre in the game after Jamie Lyon. Oh... <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even going to go into bat for for God. Okay, Justin Hodges, the yeah, greatest centre to ever play the game. Well, the great he, he, Justin Hodges is the greatest is the greatest ever centre to play a quarter of his games. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a bit rough. I, I'm. Uh, yeah, no, we'll get into it a bit later with the Broncos. But yeah, Justin Hodges, yeah. he can hold his head high. That fella. Yeah, and then just on cue, looks like this pitch is finally going to load up for us. Jackson. It does have. I'm pretty sure it does have a six, but it's obscured by candles. <laughs> or maybe it has. Maybe that's a five because of his birthday. Like, see. Yeah, no, I think it might be a five. It's a five or a six. It's a five or a six. I mean, you think it would make sense for it to be a six because of the the, the locky thing and the way uh, he worships him. But um, I think it's probably a five. But there's five candles on there, which are obscuring where the number would be. But you can sort of see something there. But uh, that's a good looking cake. It is good looking cake. You know, I mean, to, to smash into your face <laughs> if, it, if it wouldn't ruin the little gentleman's birthday party. Anyway, let's get on with the rest of the show. News. Okay, first story, Dally M Awards 2012. They happened on uh, Tuesday night. And predictably, I think very predictably, I mean, they, they kind of tried to put suspense into it, but Ben Barber won clearly six points clear, which is a fairly decent margin, probably one of the bigger margins I think we've seen in the Dally M's. I mean, often you've got at least, you know, two guys going head-to-head into the last three rounds or something like that. But on this occasion, it just seemed like, you know, uh, the second-place getter, Matty Bowen, who uh, finished second on 26 points, He'd pick up like one point from a game, and then you know, and he'd edge closer, and then Barbara would just get three, for, you know, for that same yeah. week. So it'd just be he'd even just extend the lead even more. So yeah, um, we'll just go through a couple of the, the guys who were kind of contenders. Uh, you had Barber winning on thirty-two, Matt Bowen second on twenty-six, Cooper Cronk third on twenty-five, JT on twenty-four, and Josh Reynolds on twenty. And he was actually tied with Cameron Smith on twenty as well. Mitchell Pearce inexplicably on nineteen points, the same as Billy Slater. And uh, Peter Wallace yeah. and Sam Burgess. Peter Wallace, I was surprised to see him up there. He's had a solid year, but to be ranking among some of those other names, it's just it's just the the he wouldn't have had anyone. You know, I mean, Peter Wallace. If you think about the season for the Broncos, there's maybe a game or two where where Justin Hodges might have stolen points off him, and there's a game or two where like uh, you know, probably more than a game or two, but you know, Alex Glenn probably would have stole some points, and occasionally Ben Tio as well. But other than that. There well, weren't any yeah. real Bronco players like, you know... I know what you mean. There's, there's, there's not those earnest. players there that he's yeah. really battling with where, you know, the, to steal the points off him. If he has a good game, he's getting the points. Yeah, it's amazing to see Matt Bowen and, uh, and Thurston got so close when they, the 26 and 24 points, when those two, you know, obviously it's a two-player team and they would just been stealing points off each other all week, every week, really. So, you know, if one of those guys hadn't been quite as good, the other one probably would have certainly won. 
Yeah, look, they tried hard to build the suspense, but I think we all saw it coming. It was just the Ben Barber show. Yep. Um, pretty much. Didn't he get the moment moment of the year? I mean, he has about 50 moments the, of the year, the, essentially. The People's Choice, which is the Proven Summons medal. He got that. Uh, he also got the uh, yeah he got the Peter Fralingos Memorial Award, which is the uh, the the headline moment of the year. Yeah, and he got that for uh, massive uh, length of the try that he set up for Josh Morris against the Storm in Mackay in round sixteen. Yeah, um, and he also got fullback in the team of the year as well. So yeah, I mean he had a good night. Came away with a shitload of trophies. And, you know, it's a good thing too because, I mean, he's not going to win anything else, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, he's had a fantastic year, possibly carried the Bulldogs in on his shoulders in in some respects. At at times. I mean, there's been times where he's been the difference between winning and losing, certainly. Or he's been like the catalyst that's kind of sparked them, you know, if they were lucky against the Broncos, for example, you know, when they were kind of down. And, uh, you know, he sort of sparked them, obviously. Um, you know, he scored some good tries against the Cowboys and they played as well. So, he's, you know, no doubt about it. Um, the Dalliams are kind of really... They are awards that tend to, to gravitate more towards flashy play, I think. Yes. You know, the guys no, that score points. Like, uh, you know, if you score two tries in a game, you're likely going to scoop up some, you know, some uh, bulk points that week, uh, rather than people who are workhorses. I mean, when you look at the, the list of the top 10, um, Sam Burgess... Yeah, he's more of a workhorse kind of guy, but he is kind of got the media, you know, profile as well. And then you look at that, other than that, Cameron Smith, and I mean, you know, and once again, you know, Queensland, Australian, you know, the guy's got a profile, so I mean, he's going to gravitate, you know, points are going to gravitate to him as well. And it's funny that you just don't see guys like uh, like Gallon, who has a man-of-the-match performance every single game that he plays. He plays the game of his Best life. player on the field. Every, every week. Yeah, pretty much every game where he's involved, he's the best player on the field. And it's amazing to me to think that he couldn't, you know, pole higher. And then you've got guys like Fenton yeah. as well who do the same sort of thing for Canberra. Um, you know, much less, you know, sort of accolades and stuff like that. And, you know, who knows where they finished up into things. But it's, it does seem to sort of, you know, gravitate more towards flashy sort of play. Well, you don't have uh, the highlights packages of the NRL with Paul Gallen running it out from his own 10-meter line and chewing up 10 meters. It just, it's not the same as, as Barber flying down the wing or exactly. Brett Stewart flying under the post for a try. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, some of the other ones, let's go. Rookie of the Year, Adam Reynolds. That was another super predictable uh, award. There wasn't really a lot out there, I thought. Uh, well learned, though. The, well earned. The other finalists they had there were uh, nominations were Andrew Everingham, who did uh, go gangbusters early in the season up to about the origin then he kind of plateaued a little bit yeah faded out yeah Aiden Caesar he was great for the Gold Coast and once again I mean he sort of uh, hit the scene with a bang and then uh, he did good work right through to the end of the season but it was certainly less flashy work didn't he start a bit late yes he did yeah he didn't start at the very start he started probably he must have started at least you know sort of six to eight rounds into the season I reckon yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Reynolds of course the winner Conrad Hurrell he suffered from injuries um, and missed a bit of time and uh, had a bit of a he was kind of playing off the bench and, you know, wasn't in the best form towards the end of the season, which probably killed his chances. And Alex McKinnon from Newcastle as well was also up for it. Um, Captain of the year. Well, if you believe the Telegraph on Twitter, the uh, Telegraph Sport Twitter account said that uh, the winners were uh, Manly Captains Jason King, J-A-Y-S-O-N, and Brent Kite. <laughs> That's fantastic. As it turns out, it was actually Jamie Lyon, <laughs> Jamie Lyon and, uh, and Jason King of the Manly Sea Eagles who won, so that was fantastic. Uh, beating off guys like, you know, once again, like Gallon would have been a, a strong contender there, and uh, Cameron Smith as well. Thiday, I'm not sure what he was doing. Yeah, because- uh, look, I was watching that at the time. I was like, I don't, I don't know if he, he should have been mentioned. I don't... 
Essentially, it's really just the, the top four teams. How do you pick a captain of the year? Like, I, I find yeah. that a really hard category to define. Um, look, I, I love the Dallium Awards, but some of these players, uh, Jamie Lyon, personality of a turnip, and it's not, it's not just him, though. It's not just him. I really struggle to sit through some of their speeches. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't almost, for some of their sexy of ladies, it would be hard yeah. to watch. <laughs> and usually, the, like, the, the standard sort of comment is, is just like, wow, how did he pull her? <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh. That kind of thing. Yeah, there's some like that. Um, because, yeah, I mean, but this is the thing. They're put on the pressure. They're in front of cameras and everything. You know, get them off camera and they're probably fine. Yeah, so. Get a few beers into them, get them around a pub atmosphere. Yeah. Maybe that's where they should hold it next year, just at a pub. At a pub, at the Caxton or something. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Watmaker can come out and punch someone in the face. and <laughs> Allegedly. Cause keep he it allegedly. That never happened. But no, 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 not at all. <laughs> um, rep player of the year, Nate Miles. Um, you know, that was, I think that was fairly... Um, uh, I guess that was a foregone conclusion. I mean, yeah. I think he won man of the match in two or three games in the origin. So... Well, yeah. look, well-deserved. He, he had a great series, um, origin series. He he just seems to bring it up another level. One of those players that can have a good year and you pick him at rep level and he just explodes. Yeah. Not in the sense that he's doing amazing things, but he just plays his pants off. Yeah. Robbie Farrer up there as well. I just looked at the, the uh, nominees and uh, Gallon wasn't on there either, which is, uh, is, is mystifying. Um, it was quite heavy on, on Queenslanders, I did yeah. notice. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Coach of the year, Des Hasler. Beating out uh, far more deserving people uh, in Michael Maguire and Shane Flanagan. Shane, Shane Flanagan, essential, especially, because, I mean, that guy has taken a Cronulla side that is almost what he was dealing with last year. With, you know, no massive names, I think, in there. What, you, know, you know, this is a team that showed improvement last year when he had them, when he got the reins, and then he sort of was, you know, he signed on. And this year they've made it to the finals for the first time in fucking how how knows how like five years maybe four or five years, and uh, you know he's done good work. And Michael Maguire, I mean, South have always had the the personnel over the last couple of years, but um, you know he's the guy that's got him into the finals in such a high position, top four as well. So you know it's uh, as what you were saying to me before we recorded that you know it's it's, it's more of a, a minor premiers coaches kind of yeah it just that's the way it just gravitate naturally. I, I was wondering if you're going to bring that up actually, coach of the year. Um, Look, I think possibly he is coach of the year simply because he turned Inu into an immortal in waiting. Essentially, who would have picked that? Yeah, well, maybe, no one. <laughs> okay, maybe not an immortal in waiting, but he's. I mean, he has done well, um, but it really is just one of those things that it, it just goes to the top team. Um, you're right. Craig um, Bellamy nominated as well. Like, nominated, which is ridiculous, I think, as well. I mean, that, he's nominated every single year, and it must just be because you know finishing first or second. Yeah, it's just the top sides. Like, at the Sharks, so to make a wire reference, um, you know when they set up that funky unit and they have that guy that's in there, just a bit of a, a bit of a dead shit, and they just do the work they want to do and that guy just comes in, yep. stamps his card. Yep. I think Flanagan might be a little bit like that. Do you not think that the guys underneath him are just doing their job and he's just coming in and high-fiving? Flanagan? I'd, yeah. Really? I just... I don't know. I'm thinking maybe he just rocks up, does a few high fives. You got Paul Gallen in there now. You got Todd Carney. Okay, that's pretty much about it, actually. Yeah, but I mean, you remember Todd Carney as well. I mean, he hasn't had that spectacular. He's just he's been solid, but he hasn't had the spectacular year. I mean, you know, Jeff Robson was was there already, and he's and 
he's played out of his skin. I mean, you know, Carney's done done well, and he's had like maybe two or three games where he's exploded and done the whole Carney show thing. But generally speaking, he's had a, a solid but you know quieter year than you would would have anticipated. I think yeah, it could just be a change in culture there. I just yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I just associate the Sharks with failure for so long that that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and we do too. <laughs> <laughs> they have on the we show do. for a long time. Yeah, I mean they've been they've been a standard ever since we've been doing the show. They haven't made the finals since the first time, and you know that the way they imploded a little bit towards the, the latter half of the season, it's just basically uh, you know fan the flames again so we can do what we do. Um, try score top try scorer of the year was a tie between Ben Barber and Ash Graham. Ash Graham uh, grabbed a try in their uh, game in the last round to draw level. Two so, tries, wasn't it? Two tries, yeah. And uh, that's what I was just uh, watching the highlights before, and I was rem- just remember the one where he actually scored to get level. And you know, <laughs> what a spectrum there. Ben Barber, I don't think any, well, you know, Dalian Player of the Year to start with. No one's really going to say too much bad about him in 2012. Then you got Ash Graham, <laughs> like this guy, yeah, he, much maligned by New by by North Queensland supporters as well. He's it just shows how good North Queensland have been going in the sense that they've just been just going along, pumping along at a steady pace and he's just been on the end of a lot of their tries. That's right. And, um, you know, he's a finisher. I mean, he can definitely finish a try off. I mean, that's, you know, I think my problems with him more uh, on the on the defensive side of things. But, um, and I actually challenged one of our listeners, uh, Jono, who's uh, NQC81 on Twitter. Challenged, he, was, he started bigging up Ash Graham and saying how, how awesome he was. I was like, hang on a minute. You're the same guy that's been shitting on the guy. Like, ever since we've been doing the show, you've been shitting on him. because He's, he's on the bandwagon yeah, now. For his, for his Bo Ryan and, you know, sort of <laughs> Michael Barney-esque performances. And um, and he tried to come back and say, oh, no, I've just went, I've went and done a count. And uh, he he didn't make more mistakes than uh, than he scored tries. <laughs> or he didn't, let tri- he didn't let more tries in than he scored. And, uh, you know, maybe that statistic, you know. He saw, I think he sort of said, you know, he counted the winger and the, the centre on his side of the field and, you know, scoring tries. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, there, uh, there are other Ash ways Graham. to score tries and other ways to fuck up and allow tries to go in. I've seen him at a uh, at the Cowboys Leagues Club eating a pie and I didn't recognise him. And then, because uh, I don't think he's the biggest man in the world. No. And uh, look, he's he's not the greatest winger in the world, but he, he gets it over the line. Marnie Vatavai drops the ball a million times, gets yep. the ball over the line. At the end of the day, if you're finishing... That's all your club can ask for. Yep, that's right. That's right. And then he's, and speaking of strange ones, uh, top point scorer of the year, Jared Croker from the Canberra Raiders. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He oh, look, it, it doesn't scream. It's not obvious straight away. Yeah, but he 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 pops them over. Yeah, yeah, he can pop them over pretty much from anywhere, and he's been that's been a big part of their resurgence. And except when they count, and like you know, Glenn will never forget the uh, the final against the the between Tigers and the Raiders. Was it uh, last year, year before, when uh, he had an easy one he had to throw over and he missed it, and uh, Cat's hair was injured and it was all over. Uh, what else have we got here? We've mentioned that one, Toyota Cup Player of the Year, another one for the doggies, David Clemmer, and that guy. Let's just say eloquent is not something that you would use to describe him. Uh, Congratulations to the dogs for their minor premierships. All yeah, all three. I mean that's a fantastic effort. It shows the club culture is going what in the right the direction. Warriors last year, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, well, sorry, they weren't the minor oh, premiers all up, but they 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 managed to make the grand make final. Make the grand final, final yeah, that's it. And uh, a lot of good that did them. Um, the team of the year, as you mentioned, the fullback was Ben Barber, winger Akula Uate. 
you know, not sure about that one. He was up against Manu Vadovai. Of course, he's better than that. Ash Graham, top try scorer. You know, perhaps you think he could get it. Brett Morris, he spent a lot of time on in fullback this year, so maybe that's what killed him. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been a down year for Uate as well. So he hasn't had the strongest year. Um, you just wonder if being dropped at Origin hurt him mentally. Yeah. I think that's really what it got to him. He, he's been solid, but Newcastle have been, haven't been going that well as well. Um, I'm, I'm surprised he got it. I really am. Another one on name value, I reckon. Uh, Past achievements and, you know, name recognition. Yeah, I think the big thing about Adalium is I understand they've got to pick one, but if there's two centres and two wingers, let, let's pick two. Yeah. Even if there's one that might rank higher on points or, or something along those lines, yeah, but I, the thing, I, I want two. Even, they don't even go on points. Yeah, I, well, let's pick two. Yeah. Why can't we pick two? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy for them to, to go on points as well, on actual Dally end points, because they don't go off that. Well, they should go off that, and they should pick two, and we'll have an actual team of the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Senna, Josh Morris, another ridiculous one. Uh, he was up against Brent Tate from North Queensland, Jamie Lyon from Manly, and Conrad Harrell. Now, I don't think Conrad Harrell really deserved to be in there at all. Um, Jamie Lyons by far and away the best in the game at the moment, um, and certainly the best on that list by far. Uh, you know, Justin Hodges, I, you know, I concede he was injured for uh, a few games. Yeah, he should so have... Maybe that's what kept him off the list. He should have rated a mention. I think he's had only a couple of games, though, really. For Harrell's getting mentioned. Yeah. You've got to think, Hodges, what did he only have? What, three, maybe four games off? Yeah. It's really not a lot. Oh, but then there's Origin as well, I guess. Jamie Lyon has had a fantastic year, though. I will yeah. like, give that to him, even though you, you are going to fillet them. Yeah. Probably he's, all he's, for the rest of getting, the show. Yeah, he's, but just, he's, getting, he's just getting better with age. No, he has. He has had a great season. I mean, the, especially the last couple of weeks, he's made his uh, opposing centre look absolutely retarded. Um, I remember, especially uh, Matt King, and uh, who was the other one? Jack Reed, of course. Made him look stupid yeah. too. Jack Reed's just waiting to play second row. I think everyone that's a Broncos fan knows he's not a centre. Yeah. But we're playing him there, and I don't know why, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. 5-8, <laughs> Jonathan Thurston. Probably fair enough. The only real competition, I think, came from Carney and Josh Reynolds. Um, you know, an argument could be made for Josh Reynolds, but uh, on this occasion, anyway, Thurston did um, score more points on the Dallium table. So, you know, for that reason alone, you know, he was the highest polling 5-8, so I think fair enough. Yeah, no, he deserves it. Hartback, Cooper Cronk. That one followed the Dalian points as well. He won that over Adam Reynolds, Benji Marshall, Daly Cherry Evans, and Cooper Cronk. Oh, sorry, and Cooper Cronk. Yeah, one he won it over himself. Retard. It's fantastic. Yeah. And um, prop. This is one I'll have a problem with. Sam Cassiano won, beating out Aaron Woods and James Tamo. So, yeah, quite frankly, I think Aaron Woods was by far and away over the top. And some other names escaped me at the moment, but I think there were probably a couple of other props that were better than Cassiano as well. I'm not sure how he actually. I'm not sure how he got there. Well, Cassiano has some amazing ball skills, and that's yeah. one thing that, like you said before, they tend to go to the more flare, flary players. Yeah. It's possibly a reason why, because he yeah. he can get he release the balls quickly when he gets it. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I mean, and you had guys like uh, who else had some good seasons? Was Merrin? He had a great season. I mean, Wayman got injured for the Dragons, and Merrin had to basically pick up the slack there. Yeah, step up. And uh, you know, he had, he did a great job all season. So, uh, you're a bit surprised about you know about that as well. Uh, Hooker Cameron Smith. Well, you know, don't agree, but you know, can't really argue with it. I mean, well, who else are you going to put in there? Well, Farrow was good in in Origin. Um, he's very good in Origin. Uh, he's but the that reason why. Count, the, though. He's the reason why the Tigers didn't get into the finals. 
meaning the games he, he was injured or, you know, the games he's out because his mother died. So, you know, he, the fact he wasn't there, I would say probably cost him two games against East. Yeah. And they're in the finals if they get four more points. Well, he's their captain. He's, yeah. a, he's a huge part of their team. Like, being... The, the form he had in the origin well, doesn't count. Yeah. But uh, he did play really well. If He, he probably would have continued that form on in the sense that... Um, He's had a great later part of the season, and it, it yeah it's yeah and I mean the people and it was no wonder that Cameron Smith won then because I mean Ennis was no competition whatsoever. I mean he was getting hooked by Hasler in the early games of the season. He's literally he would he would make a he'd give away a penalty and then he'd drop a ball and Hasler would literally hook him from the field. So you know taking taking him out of that and Isaac Luke is the same at the later half of the playing season, off the bench. He's been playing off the bench. He got dropped for disciplinary uh, reasons. He had a punch up with Scott Geddes at training. Apparently, uh, you know got suspended for a couple of weeks. Uh, gives away penalties galore. Yet he's still up there too for some miraculous reason. Second row, Nate Miles. You know. He won other awards on the night, so, you know, fair enough. He was up against Dave Taylor, who's thoroughly undeserving. Jeremy Smith is super solid, but probably, you know, not the best. And Frank Pritchard was just thrown in there because, you know, it was a Canterbury, you know, love fest. (laughs) Canterbury love fest, I like it. (laughs) Uh, Locke, Paul Gallen, deserving over Michael Crocker. Michael Crocker, like, he's he's a while past his best now. Yeah. How is he even being mentioned in the same breath. Yeah, and then you had Glenn Stewart and Corey Parker as well. And Corey Parker spent a lot of time away this year as well. And, you know, he kind of uh, dropped off after Origin, let's say. Yeah, that standoff really hurt him, I think. He's played well solely. I think he probably came back from injury early on more than one occasion. And I think that's... He's playing well, but he's just not hitting that sort of form, really punching the line like he was earlier in the year and late last year. Okay, so that was the Dally M's. Um... Still, it's it's a bit awkward. I mean, as we said earlier, it's a bit awkward with the players and their accepted speeches. Um, watching Twitter as it all went by, I mean, the whole the red carpet special, you know, prelude thing, that went down a treat, actually, with all the ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could be bitch-festing about people's dresses and stuff. Um, but yeah, I just think the, the production, like the manufactured, you know, uh, tension through the count when there was none, it was a bit weird, and there were a couple of uh, of the presenters that weren't really that great as well. I think we won, I can't remember which award it was, but uh, was it the Peter Fralingos one when they announced the winner was um, Ben Barbara? Did they? <laughs> yeah. I was watching that, I must have missed that. <laughs> I watched Twitter at the time, it went off over, it went off over it. Um, and yeah, and yeah, like yeah, some of the players, are this, there's not the best at public speaking, Uh so not the most comfortable public speaking. So I almost think that the the nominees should probably get forewarned that look, you know, you've got a one in four chance of winning this award. So uh, get something prepped. Yeah, like top ten them, on the medal yeah. count, and uh, and then you know the, the top four that they're selecting the team of the year from stuff like that. Um, yeah, those nominees are probably set in stone. Uh, you know, with enough advance notice, so they can say, look, you know, you could win this. So maybe you should have something. You know, prepared like you know, a deer in headlights. A lot of them, yeah. They especially Uate. Like they I didn't want to be there. I spelled, I, spelled, I spelled so bad for Uate because, like, you could just tell the dude was just super shy, and you know, he, he was just like really embarrassed to be speaking publicly on, on the on the mic. So I was like, I felt kind of bad for him. Let's get these guys. Let's get them in a pub. Let's get them half cut, and then let's award them their awards and hear basically how they truly feel. Not this, oh. I want to thank my team. We played for 80 minutes every week. Like, oh, come Take on, Take a mate. day at a time. Yeah, give me something else, please. 
<laughs> exactly. Okay, let's move along to a story that just broke today, just in time for us to actually uh, do the show. Brian Smith has been sacked by the Roosters with one year to go on his deal. He's been the head coach at the Roosters for the last three seasons, and he was tapped by, on the shoulder by club power brokers at the conclusion of round 26. It's understood he was given the option of moving into a coaching director's role for the final year of his contract, but he chose to end his contract now. The Roosters... They have the club's award nights tonight, but Smith will not be in attendance. Former Parramatta and Warriors coach Daniel Anderson, Roosters Toyota Cup coach Jason Taylor, former Eels caretaker Brad Arthur, and Roosters assistant coach Matt Elliott are all believed to have registered interest in the job. Roosters came 13th this season after being grand finalists in 2010, and the official statement from the Roosters read... Following a meeting today between Sydney Roosters Chairman Nick Politis, Chief Executive Steve Noyce and Head Coach Brian Smith, the Roosters have agreed by mutual consent that Smith will not be coaching the club in 2013. Chairman Nick Politis was extremely grateful for the professional manner Smith handled discussions and acknowledged the contribution he's made to the Roosters over the past three seasons, including the club's 2010 grand final appearance. One of Brian's greatest strengths is developing young talent and he wholeheartedly embraced our strategic plan in relation to developing talented young players and leaves the club in an extremely strong position in this area. Uh, a man of strong values, Brian embraced the club's values, honesty, respect, self-control, pride in the Roosters jersey and leaves behind a strong culture that will continue to grow moving forward. And Steve Noyce said, uh, on behalf of everyone at the club, I would like to express my sincere thanks to Brian for his valuable contribution to the Roosters over the past three years and wish him and his family well for the future. The board will make a decision on the coaching appointment in the foreseeable future. Until that time, no further comment. Look, so. he, he couldn't coach a boner from boy to brothel, that man. He is he is that <laughs> terrible. It I actually think there's some sort of fallout associated with Brian Smith. It's like he goes to a club, he ruins them, sucks the life out of them, turns a grape into a sultana, and then there's just they the club gets rid of him and then there's some sort of Brian Smith fallout where the club is just useless. For well, the what, next well, what, of years. what happens? I mean there's there's an extra step in there. What he does, he goes to a club that's useless. And actually rebuilds them and makes them competitive. And it's like he stays a year too long or two years too long. And he sort of goes over this hump where, we, you know, which has happened with, you know, the Eels, where he got the Eels to grand final. Um, it happened here. He got the, the Roosters to an unexpected grand final as well. And um, then, the Dragons but after back that, the and Dragons back in the day had a couple. And they get to, they get a, you know, to a, a sort of a, a peak and then they fall off the other end. And then by the time he leaves, you know, there's a lot of bad blood there and, and, you know, it's probably as much a shambles as it was when he uh, first arrived. And like the Eels, look at the Eels. I mean, they still haven't really recovered and they've had a couple of guys step in and try it out since then. Brian Smith fallout. Yep. They, I've heard over the years that he has a very strict coaching style. Yep. Like everything's broken down possibly a little bit too much. It'll, yep. It might work building a team up and getting the processes in place. Yep. Maybe he's overcoaching. Yep. Maybe he's giving too much, uh, throwing too much at them as opposed to Tim Sheens who probably just throws the door open and goes, do what you want. But... No, I shouldn't say that. There is there is some structure at the Tigers a little bit. Oh yeah, the structure is he's <laughs> throw the ball around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, Brian Smith. I, I feel sorry for the guy. He just seems to be one of those guys that is just going to be remembered as just being shit. I, well, I don't know where yeah. he's going to end up. There's a bit of a merry-go-round that's probably going to start happening shortly. But turning down the coaching director's role means obviously he'd be looking for something. I think. In the immediate future. And he may actually, uh, you know, he may have something on the table, you know, to go, to go, you know, without a fight. I mean, and this is the thing, if he would just acknowledge his, uh, you know, the fact that he's he's really good at building like a, a structure up in a club and, you know, that's that's in disarray, 
maybe he could sort of do that and he sort of be a gun for hire like as a coaching director. Phil Gould sort of role, thing. like yeah. go to Penrith, set him up, move yeah, yeah. on. Like, so, for example, he could uh, he could go to the Warriors and get that shambles together with a, you know, a new coach who's perhaps not as experienced. And um, He'd have to swallow his pride, though. To do that is to admit... You can't cut as a head coach anymore. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, that's prob- and that's probably right. But the other thing is, head coaches, they just want to stick around forever until they get the arse. I mean, when do coaches usually leave of their own free will? I mean, Wayne Bennett did um, from the Brisbane and from um, the Dragons. It, it is so rare. It's very rare, though, when coaches don't get, don't get pushed out the door in some way. So, uh, yeah. You know, who knows where he's going to pop up next. Good luck to him. I don't I don't think he has anything else directly in the pipeline. I mean, I'm hearing, they say it's mutual. I'm hearing he got asked out in the sense that yep. uh, he had stuff set up for the off-season, people coming to do, in to do some testing early, I yep. was reading, and then just to get assholed straight away, I'm thinking it might be a bit of a shock for him, but yep. I think he, ha- he will have a home in 2013, no doubt. Yeah in some capacity but it may be one of these you know mystical coaching directors there's not too many coaching directors around at the moment I think I mean because even Phil Gould sits at a more sort of GM level in the club over at Penrith so not not so much a coaching director I think Graham Murray's the only one uh, he's a coaching director in a high performance unit at at the Knights and you know how much say does he really have because you know over the top of Wayne Bennett I think he probably more deals with you know grassroots you know junior stuff and you know keeps that together yeah, I mean, who who wants Brian Smith there at their club? Not me. I, I don't. And he won't beat my club, thank Christ. That's true. Yeah, you know, Hook, though, might have to watch Hey back. now, hey now, in signed, the finals. Signed his long-term deal and uh, immediately the he wheels fell off. He is locked in. He has the backing of the board. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good one, isn't it? Okay, and speaking of coaches on the chopping block, Tim Sheens could be next. Apparently, he has a clause in his contract stating that if the Tigers fail to make the finals, which they did... The veteran coach coach can be shown the door. The catch is he has to be paid out up to half his contract, a situation the joint venture club cannot afford to get itself into. And uh, three weeks ago, apparently the Tigers directors discussed moving Sheens on. Privately, some suggested the Kangaroos coach can be shown the door with two years to run on his contract. But the problem is they can't afford to sack him and then recruit a new head honcho in a move that would cost up to $1 million. Further complicating the scenario, there are no better alternative coaches currently off contract and available to take up the West Tigers role next season. Despite the move being discussed at board level, Tigers Chief Executive Stephen Humphrey said Sheen's position was not under review. Um, and Humphrey said that uh, we as a club have committed ourselves to Tim and we see him as the best man for the job moving forward. The fact that some people continue to look for opportunities to push an anti-team agenda is out of our control. The fact that the media also continues to give it more credit than, than it deserves is unfortunate. The Sheen's detractors point to the fact the 669-game coaching veteran has only made three final series in the past 15 seasons. and um, That's ridiculous. Yeah. That, that's, that is a stat. If you need a stat to say that a coach is not performing, that is a yeah. stat. Regardless of the win-loss ratio, that is horrible. Yeah, and they've even go further to say that uh, Tigers directors have discussed telling Sheens to move his entire support staff, recruitment manager Wayne, Warren McDonald, physiotherapist Andrew Leeds, and football manager Brian Hyder out of the club over the off-season. On the field, they've been disappointing, obviously, after they opted to move on Bryce Gibbs and Andrew, Andrew Fafita and spent all their cash on Adam Blair. And uh, Blair, he was purchased to add an intimidatory edge to the Tigers pack, and he has not done jack shit. 
Look, I feel sorry for the, the Tigers in the sense that a lot of their fans are starting to turn on them. I, I don't know why, but it's going to attract Tigers fans to me like flies. Yeah. Um, a lot of my mates in Sydney, huge Tiger supporters. I've spoken to them over recent days and they're basically just saying to me, look, Tigers just need a change. Um, yeah. They feel like they need a fresh start. It's not that Team Sheens, Tim Sheens is, or the Sheenius is doing anything particularly wrong. I just think maybe they just need a shake-up down there. Yeah. He's like a bit of a cancer that's grown over 15 years and I think if they're going to cut him out, they're going to take a large chunk and their whole support team with him and just get someone fresh in there. They just need some new ideas. Um, he's a great coach. He, he can do something great at another team, but they need a fresh start. Is he going anywhere next year? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I, I don't think so. I think I, I find it quite, quite funny that the Tigers can't afford to pay him out. Yeah. Yet the Roosters can afford to keep Brian Smith on as coaching director. Yeah. How are they paying for that? Like, with their five fans? The Roosters have always got money. Yeah, where is it coming Nick, from? Nick Politis, is, uh, he, he's a rich man with his City Ford franchises. He must be pumping the money in because the fans yeah. ain't coming through the turnstiles. So that's not where the money's coming from. No. But look, he, he's not going anywhere in 2013, but the rumblings are starting now and they'll build. And I think we might see some movement there at the end of next year, possibly. Yeah, and obviously he'll get 50% more affordable to, to shit can, you know, after next season. Yeah. But, you know, there's no doubt about it. The Tigers are in decline. No, oh, very much so. You know, that hashtag, it's not just a catchy hashtag. It's actually a truth. And adding Brayton Nasta, potentially, I saw through the week, as halfback. Oh, I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> where, where do you play him? Because he thinks of himself as a half, and yep. the whole world knows yep. he's a lock. Yep, exactly. You have to play him at lock because, you know, you've got Curtis Siren who, uh, you know, did well in the halves before he was injured. You know, I think you'd you'd like to build on that across an entire season rather than just a half a dozen game stretch that I think he had. Um, Wasn't that part of his fallout with Brian Smith in the sense that, or his fallout with the Roosters in the sense that he didn't want to play lock, and here yeah. he is being purchased by a club that doesn't need him in the halves. Like Heinington's yeah. fantastic, but yeah. l- let's get him in there. At, or not, not let us oh, God I don't want to associate myself with him that much but <laughs> get him in there at, at lock that's where he belongs I, I'm really curious to see if well, what camp he's going to go with I'm thinking he's definitely going to be a Robbie man personally I think he'd be team I think he'd be team Robbie yeah definitely I think the New South Wales link even though yeah, they haven't played yeah. together I think that's definitely yeah I, no, I would agree and they probably uh, they're both they probably played together in like City Origin or something maybe yeah that's true they may have played together there but yeah I don't see him being as a he's not a dynamic player so he's not going to be a uh, team Benji person although Bo Ryan isn't you know to say he's dynamic is probably stretching it as well <sighs> yeah. okay next story Gillen McLaughlin turns down the position of NRL CEO uh, allegedly anyway um what he has done is that he has uh, told his uh, current boss at the AFL, Andrew Demetriou, that he was rejecting the NRL's $1.5 million a year offer. Um, it seems like a bit of uh, cat and mouse games there with AFL as well. And they, uh, they held the news back for 24 hours so they could announce it on the day of the Dalian Medal Awards as just a bit of a kick in the nuts like AFL does try to do to NRL every chance they get. Um, now, basically, uh, McLaughlin, his statement was short and predictable. There's still much to achieve at the AFL as we continue to strategically position the code for ongoing growth in popularity and participation. He wouldn't elaborate on why he knocked back the NRL's offer. He said, I don't want to make a comment. I apologize. I'm keen to leave it at that. Although he's told the closest those closest to him that it was a tough call he'd wrestled with for a week. So the NRL commission goes back to the drawing board. Uh, there, was never thing any, there was never anything said that 
they were definitely offering the role to him and he actually knocked back the role but I think he was probably the leading contender uh, certainly at the time he's withdrawn so um You've had a couple of other people pull out of the race. Uh, the former TAB boss, Warren Wilson, he pulled out last week, so maybe he comes back into contention. Todd, Todd Greenberg stresses that his focus is purely on the Bulldogs, and thank God for that, because I'd hate to have him in charge of the NRL. Um, and you've got Essendon and former Warriors CEO Ian Robson. He insists that he's not a candidate, despite the media reporting. Uh, they were definitely reporting last week that he was a big chance. Um I've been asked on several occasions and my response has been consistent. I haven't met the NRL, the recruitment firm or the commissioners, he said. I'm flattered to be linked and have many mates in rugby league. I have an enduring respect for the game, but am I a candidate? No, I'm not. Interim Chief Executive Shane Matiski is considered a long shot. And um, that's good too, because uh, I have mutual friends with Shane Matiski and they described him to me. In fact, they went to school with him and described and, and he was described to me as... You know that guy that you went to school with and um, seems to fall into these, you know, amazing jobs and no matter how shit they are, they seem to, you know, getting keep getting promoted and they don't do anything? That's the He's guy. He's that guy. He just so, falls into it. You're like, how does he got that job? Yeah. Look, and, he yeah, sounds so, like yeah. a bit of a gronk. I, I'm actually a little bit uh, disappointed that McLaughlin's not coming over. Uh, it's not because... I wouldn't steal particularly anything from the AFL, but the AFL's just got a proven system. Yep. Um, proven with the commission. They're that one step ahead. We're taking, we're picking and choosing some good parts from the AFL, which is not a bad thing to do if it works. Yep. Let's adapt it and yep. use it. I just think he would have learned a lot from a proven system. Let's get him over. So that, that, from that point of view, it's a little bit disappointing. Um, I did read there's possibly this mystery businessman from Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what there is to that, but you sound like you're, you're thinking that he could actually still be in the picture. It's possible. I mean, who knows? I mean, I know that, um, you know, just because Matiski is, is the interim guy, he's got absolutely no chance because I'm sure that, you know, the people I know aren't the only people in the world that, you know, have seen that he's garbage. Oh, he, he's not the option. He's just there. And he hasn't been good in his, even his caretaker role. He's been pretty crap. So, that's that's been pretty, you know, plain to see, I think, for everybody. So, you know, I don't think he's going to get it. Um, the numbers are thinning pretty quickly. Like, we're, they are, they're dropping yeah. like flies. So, I just, I just hope we don't rush the decision. I yep. really hope that the right person's picked. And if that means it's interim for a while and look, so be it. We, we've got an off-season to get through. Let's get the right person in the role. That's right. I mean, they've got a months, long time. So, yeah. yeah. And they're saying that there's another dark horse. There's the Racing New South Wales Chief Executive, Peter Volandis, and he wants the job badly, apparently. So, you know, no closer to finding the, uh, the CEO. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think it's a, a, an urgent rush. It seems like they're trying to almost rush it to get it, get someone in place before the grand final. It's not but I don't needed. Think, I don't think you need it. I mean, you know, you got the grand final, and then you got sort of you know five five months off, six months off. So just you know, take time. Yeah, they. I just wonder why. I have no idea what yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> it just was there, and then it just evaporated into thin air. Are you oh, that's right. David Gallup, good yeah. friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah great, great supporter of us. Yeah, yeah. no, he, <laughs> everyone's favorite um, man. He He's moved on to the FFA, was yeah, it? Yeah, soccer yeah, so Australia, football Australia. Yeah. High five to him, moving on quickly. Yeah, I, I feel mean, like yeah, a bit of a he, he bit of the because, next partner. He 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 uh he left because he had that job lined up. I mean, he pretty much slotted into that the week after he left. I think. Yeah. Or you know, it felt like it was pretty quick. Yeah. And then um and then you get the the uh, you know the big uh the big signing you know coming up for Sydney FC in the soccer with Del Pieri. and I mean they've done 
they've they've made that signing. Sydney FC's made that signing without David Gallup's help. So it turns out that soccer people can actually run soccer anyway. So you know, good on you, Dave. Apologise, fool. Last story, suspension news. Renny Matua, he's going to miss two pre-season matches next year for the Parramatta. And uh, they say he could be rubbed out of potential selection in the All-Stars clash. You know, is Renny Matua really the guy that's going to be the... You know, I guess he's a contender. Glenn would say yes. He's sort of top five in the in the Eels, I guess. So he, he could be the guy. But uh, he accepted a two-match ban for a careless high tackle. So he's Gonski. Um, so he will be free to play in their season opener, uh, given that he can spend it all on trials. But yeah, the All-Star game's in doubt. And uh, Ben Pomeroy faced the NRL judiciary tonight, literally about uh, an hour and a half ago, I think, the verdict came in. He was guilty uh, of the charge resulting from his shoulder charge on uh, Jonathan Thurston in round 26. And I think... I think he was up for, I haven't seen on Twitter yet what the sentence was. They were still out deliberating, but I'm pretty sure they said it was going to be three weeks if he got done. So that would put it in line with what uh, Greg Inglis got for his shoulder charge. Um, well, let's just have a moment silent, right, right, silence right now for the shoulder charge. Yeah. It's done and dusted. It's dead. That's it. We all saw it coming. We knew they were going to put him through the ringer for this. Yep. They just released this this rule change or this clamp down. And said they were going to be clamping down on it yep. as of last round or the round before even. It's over, people. It's it's done and dusted. I'm going to go out and buy a pink tutu because that's what I support. A game of people running around in pink tutus. Okay, maybe it's not there yet. Maybe that was a little bit extreme. But you do realise that you can do a shoulder charge as long as you don't hit him in the head. Yeah, but it, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But it just it takes the fear out of, or yeah. don't, it puts the fear in, I should say. And no one aims for the head. Like it oh. just means. No, oh, that's pretty broad. I don't statement. think a lot of people aim for the head. I just think you're going to go Someone in for like it. You try Rogers and put it on. Oh come on! People don't aim for the head. They drop the shoulder. Something happens. The other player might drop coming in. You connect with the head. If you hit the head, you've got to be punished. Yeah. But not so severely that you're not even going to think about the shoulder charge. It's yeah. part of the highlights packages. It is rugby league let's not ruin the game and you see Sharks fans are blowing up uh, and the thing that I'm seeing them blow up about the most is that uh, Minicello had two attempts to swinging arms and got off again yeah well, well he, he had, well, he had well, another he one off, this he, last game yeah, yeah he got off in the last game this was and when he when he got I mean he should have been done for uh, well, two weeks ago he should have been done and it didn't happen and they're saying well you know he had two jumping swinging arms and still didn't get suspended and yet you know Pomeroy with the shoulder charge he gets suspended so it's definitely inconsistent and um, it's because of the clamp down it's it's unfortunate it had to be him but and they were warned I mean that's that's the thing I mean it may it it is it is 100% inconsistent I mean, but it's it's one hundred percent consistent with what they've it's inconsistent with what they've done over the entire season as far as punishment. But it's one hundred percent consistent. They said there was going to be a clamp down, so it's you know that's it's what like, they do. With it's these like things. a double demerits period when you you know you know when you got your license and everything. You know if you speed, you're going to get done. You know slugged harder than you ordinarily would, and so you know. It's like they did with the goal line dropouts. Remember, they were policing it yep. right on the line. They clamped down, yep. truckloads of penalties. Yeah, I mean, now, where are they now? That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now they sort of just tell them as they go up, you know, make sure you, you know, drop it on the line, you know, that sort of thing. It's funny how they do that. They just go through there. they got their little, you know, flavor of the month thing that they want to enforce. You know, sometimes, you know, it's like keeping guys on side at, at a kickoff. Yeah, that sort of thing. So, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, and Pomeroy should have known better.
recaps. First story, a game near and dear to your heart. Sam, uh, the Brisbane Broncos, 19. Barely clambered over the corpse of the Penrith Panthers, 12. This one was at Suncorp Stadium. Only 35,000 people there too, considering our farewelling, a legend in Pedro Simonaceva. And the points were as follows. Broncos had tries to Peter Wallace, Alex Glenn and Ben Teo. Wallace got a field goal as well and two from two on the conversions. Corey Norman also got one from one on the conversions. Defeating Penrith tries to Lockie Coote and Josh Mansour with Luke Walsh, two of two on the conversions. All right. I wish this was like a, a visual medium because I'm basically shaking my head. I <laughs> I was there at this game and I'm off the drink because I'm training for a marathon, but I really, all I wanted to do was intravenously stick vodka into my arm <laughs> because it was like watching a battle for the spoon. Yeah, it was shocking. Like PTF, BCNF, pass the fucking ball, Corey Norman Foundation. That's what yeah. I need to set up. Like... He's a great dynamic ball runner, but he has been learnt. He's got to pick his moments. Yeah. If he picks his moments, it comes off. You know, that one time he decides to pass, puts Glenn over for a try in the yeah. corner. That was a good pass. It was a fantastic yeah. pass. He just needs to pick his moments. I'm screaming at him on the field, mate, there's people wearing the same colour as you. You can pass it to them. There was a point where they had a five-man overlap, the Broncos, oh. and, didn't, and didn't get the ball out. Like, it's, it's given me a hernia. It's made me age. My receding hairline in one season has just gotten so much worse. I, it, it was a hard game to sit through. Being such a young squad and watching this game, it's just like we're, we're looking for direction somewhere and it's not coming. I'm not going to blame the halves. I like our halves. I think they are our future halves. But when we score a try, and I know it happens to any team after they score a try, but we get that momentum. It's the young kids. Once we score a try, they look like they're world beaters. Yeah. Make 70 metres in, in a second. And the moment we're scored against, yeah. there's, there's no resilience. Yeah. It's just a complete pitulation, capitulation on the back, legs up. Here, boys, come and take us. It's, <laughs> it was one of those games. I feel sorry for Petro. He deserved more in regards to crowd. I was a little bit disappointed, I'm not going to lie. But I'm going to put it out there and say... It it's never been said, but his couple of years away from the Broncos has weakened the love. I just were putting it out there for you, or are you saying with the Broncos? I, I'm, population? I'm just thinking with the Broncos population. Because it's not necessarily his fault. I know that he had no choice. I know that. Yeah. I know that. But you know, people disappear. Everyone loves yeah. Darren Lockyer. He's my god, and one day, hopefully, the father of my children. But <laughs> in, in you know, over the years. Memories fade, and all I'm saying is he was a couple of years away, and I think maybe on a Sunday they would have got the 50,000, but probably deserve more, but the Broncos fans seem to have forgotten a little bit easily. Ben Teo, unlucky not to get man of the match. I think he kept us in there with some great cover defensive tackles, um, basically just kept us in the game. Justin Hodges had another great game. I, I saw him on the sidelines getting quite angry, literally throwing his water bottle on a couple of occasions. You can see the frustration because he goes ahead and no one goes with him. Yep. Literally no one goes with him. It, it is... Yeah, we'll, we'll get through the, the games coming up shortly. I don't know how I'm going to. It, it's going to be a tough final series, but we barely scraped through. Tough it was, but short. It was well, Spooner Palooza <laughs> for us. Um, big up to the man saw literally cutting us in half. That man is solid. He's yeah. a large man, and he's got a bright future ahead of him. But, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm happy we got the win. High five, Broncos. 
but it was really rough to watch. And and Corey Norman, the funny thing, he did, he did uh, throw the the last pass for that great try that actually was the you know, ultimately the go ahead points. But um, there's a sequence there where I said he was Ashton Sims. 2012, or you know, Ashton Sims 2.0. There's a period rough. where he he it was a fifth tackle, and he went for his his step and run, and got caught, and there was a handover. The very next set, I think he gave a penalty away to to Penrith, which put him right on attack. And then the very next time he had the ball, he dropped it. It was like a th- sequence of three things within like two minutes. And I was just like, yeah. And this was when it was tied up as well, I think. So um. look, he is. He, <laughs> I believe he is our future with Peter Wallace. Um, he's just got to grow. He's got to understand that people have read his game. Yep. That's what it comes down to. If he picks his moments to run and picks his moments to pass, he, he will be a good 5'8". He's just got to get his head in the right place and pass the fucking ball, Corey Norman. We're going to set up this foundation. We're going to donate money and people like him and Matt Cooper can go and get treated Yep. because yep. it is it is a little bit of a joke. And how are you going to treat him? Um, I, I really... I'm thinking just... You know how you like when you get behind a sexy lady and you teach him how to play pool? <laughs> You know that motion? <laughs> I'm thinking we just get behind and we just subtly try and get it. We don't have to make them release it every time. We don't want to scare them. We'll just be like, you know, every five times, Corey, just release the ball. That's it. No, you don't have to do it this time. So, you can just hold on to the ball. I don't know if he's an only child or actually it wouldn't be from being an only child. It'd be from having too many brothers or sisters where yeah. maybe they stole the ball off him. And just, yeah. yeah, and now he just doesn't want to give the ball back. At, at any cost, he won't release the ball. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, you know, I don't think Peter Walsh and Corey Norman are the future. I think Jonathan Thurston will probably get bought and thrown in there for Why would you buy someone? Jonathan Thurston's brilliant. Don't don't pipe people at the end of their careers. You've got to trust in a system. The Broncos are a great club. They don't always do it right. Ivan Henjak. But you've got to trust in the proven system. They are a great club. And if that's where they think our future is, well, let's just roll with it. Could you imagine this current Broncos lineup with Thurston in it, though? Yeah, but he's Having only like got a couple four. of years left. You don't, you don't buy into the system of buying old players. I, I don't believe, but that's like, just me. Like Petro, oh, he, you know why we did that? We did that to get bums on seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a bit of experience for the kids too. That's you know, okay. he's he's done though. He was blowing hard at the end of that game. He yeah. is completely and utterly done. And he had a very good game too, though Petro. No, he I'll did put in. Yeah. He did put in. Okay, Twitter the Chapo eighty two. I really wish Rabs would stop drinking. <laughs> Actually, that's, a, that's the other game. I'll get onto that one. Nigel Bridgman uh, uh, at Nudju. I think it's time to admit that the Brisbane Broncos experiment just isn't working. Stab him in the face. Hash expansion, expansion in decline. Hash bring back Glebe. <laughs> NJBT. My nan has better vision than Norman. And this is a woman with 747 jet <laughs> glasses lenses. Uh, three, GT351 underscore Johns. Broncos win. The collective noise of grown men crying can be heard all over the country as Tigers' faint hope is almost gone. And in retrospect, it was. Cruzy 6 Also, did I hear correctly that Hadley said that Wallace is the best New South Wales halfback? He, he, they <laughs> were Fucking old stoner. He needs to get off the gear. He is a good player, Wallace. Give yeah, him a I break. Don't rate him whatsoever. And as it turns out, a lot of Broncos players don't either. Rampar fully love. What do you reckon? Broncos to sign Thurston for 2014? The sooner we get rid of that Muppet Wallace, the better. Hashtags in decline. So there you go. That's a Broncos supporter no. coming in saying get rid of Wallace. No, that's trust two, in two the Broncos system, in people. Row, trust in the Broncos system. <laughs> You're not listening now, but in the future, next three or four years, maybe not first place, we're going to be top sore for a long time once these kids grow up. Mark my words. This moment in time. Note it in your diary. Dug it, dug it, it off to other clubs and everything, and you know, in no time. Hey, that's how good we are. We don't even need some of our best player in Tio consistently for the last couple of months. We just don't need him. 
yeah, yeah. arsenal them off to South where yeah, we'll they see. kill careers. And uh, and, and, and Beal, here we go on to. So, yeah, pretty oh, much your best two performed players. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, he did kill Darren Lockyer. So yeah, he did. I'm, I'm maintaining that. Broncos fans will tell me that I'm crazy, but I mean, I think it was a complex, well, not even that complex. You can draw a straight line. Whatever was between him and Lockie, I don't know, and I don't care. But he he kneed him in the face and ended his career, and then immediately he's asshole to the Dragons. Oh, look, I don't think it's any coincidence. You just can't do that. Some will say that correlation isn't causation, but I tell you, I mean, there's definite, definite cause and effect there. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll straight out replace him with Maranta. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's not coming back. So let's get Maranta in there. Yeah. Okay. Next game. Where are we? This is the part two of the... I mean, it's funny. We get to round 26 of the season and we featured two teams that were entrenched pretty much in the top eight and one team that was, you know, a pre-season a pre season kind of favourite or, you know, fancied side and yet we get two of the worst games of the season and the second of those games was the South Sydney Rabbitohs 18 defeating the Newcastle Knights 6. A decent crowd, uh, just over 24,000 at Hunter Stadium and then... Rabbitohs, their points came, the 18 came from tries to Roy Asatasi, John Sutton and Greg Inglis. Reynolds, 3 of 3 on the conversions. Defeating Newcastle, 6 points. Try to Fluffy, Darius Boyd and 1 conversion from 1 attempt, Tyrone Roberts. Look, Roy Asatasi, uh, welcome back. Yeah. I feel sorry for Roy Asatasi because yeah, when I think of like Roy Asatasi, I think of his highlight reel at the Bulldogs. Yeah. You know, breaking the line, charging however many metres it was. That I just I see him in a dog's jersey. He's been yeah. injured for that long, but it's good for South to have him back. So congratulations to him getting back on the field. If he can reclaim some of that previous form, they're, they're going to be a bit of a force moving into the final. That Boyd's, Boyd's try, Fluffy's try. No try. Double movement. No try. Triple, quadruple, yeah. No There's 5,000 movements there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's upsetting, but I'm not going to blame the refs because I don't like to blame the refs. It was what it was. He it didn't, put in it the didn't cost anyone anything in the, in the context of the game as well, so it's you know it's easy to forgive in that respect. And English try saving tackle on the Uardi party. Fantastic, fairly, spectac- fairly spectacular. Yeah, it was fantastic. Like Uardi party, he's like a nugget of a man. Yeah. he's literally like a brick wall. English is not not small himself, but yeah. he's really coming into his own as a fullback, and that that is fantastic signs. Look, I didn't rate Souths coming into this game that much in the sense that I, I guess I'm still surprised they're even in the top four. Yeah, but I just thought Newcastle could rustle up something. I don't rate them at all. Still at, at home, and yeah. um, but they just they just didn't do it. Next year, Mad Monday celebrations. Too bad, Newcastle. Yeah, the thing is, Greg Inglis, that people don't don't remember as well, is that at Melbourne Storm, he was the first choice fullback there. He was a lot smaller though, and too. He was a whippet. Yeah, but he was first choice fullback, and the only reason that Billy Slater went into fullback is because he couldn't play any other position, and Greg Inglis was kind of versatile. And they're like, "Oh yeah, I can play centre," and they threw him in there, and then he was down there, and he played centre and five, five eight. eight and, you know, yeah. yeah, so. So, you know, now he's back in fullback. It turns out, you know, he was, he's still a fair fullback. Um, this was another game, though, that was absolutely shit. And I'm, I still don't I still don't rate Souths. I mean, the Manly beat them easily, you know, only like a fortnight ago. And that was when they were actually on their, you know, they are on a roll. And uh, he sort of killed their role. Being Newcastle, you know, Newcastle certainly, you know, they, well, you know, they didn't have a lot to play for, but they had to sort of set a platform for next season and try and at least live up to, you know, their, their good form that they've shown at times over the latter half of the season. But, you know. Much like the Sharks, I just I just can't believe that the Souths are up there. I just, I, I look at the ladder and I can't believe it. It's not necessarily because they haven't earned it, 
because they've won some good games. Um, having said that, they've pulled a few out of the hat. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just still not convinced. Yep, no, I'm definitely not convinced, and uh, and I think that the results will bear it out. I mean. I'd read a well. We talk about the games coming up, but uh, yeah, I don't give them a lot of chance to beat Melbourne down there anyway. It's first top four for them since 1989. Yep, and start. that was the year that they won the minor premiership, I believe, and uh, went straight out the back door of the finals. So <laughs> hopefully, it's not a sign. Yeah, <laughs> well, it could be. Um, Twitter, Super Grover Four. So when do finals refs land in Oz? You know, the ones that don't fuck everything up. Hash refs in decline. And we had uh, the Chapo 80, 82. I really wish Rabs would stop drinking. Please, Sutton will never be the New South Wales 5'8". No, he will not Hash ever. retire now, Rabs. And that was a real Alzheimer's kind of moment from Rabs. I mean, I don't know if it was like a dead air sort of thing where he just couldn't think, you know, he, just, he felt he had to feel it. But come on. I mean, I remember there was Sutton, to, you know, New South Wales stories. What was it, probably about three years ago? And no. Nah. Never, ever, never. Can you imagine Sutton out there in the middle in front of 80,000 people at ANZ? Yeah. He would just completely drop his bundle. Yeah. And I mean, he does it now anyway, in, you know, in a team that's successful. So, I mean, it has probably been his probably his best season, but... Yeah. You no, know, that he's was still just got that a little in. bit of old age sitting in there, I think. Yeah. Perhaps. Jacoby Nelson. Greg Inglis keeps being compared to the great Arthur Beeson. I'm guessing Knights fan wish he was even more like him. Ash dead. Wow. Yeah, he went there. Ben Dunn, 43. Greg Inglis always... Well, this is funny. He actually tweeted this to Greg Inglis as well, as well as us. Greg Inglis always plays well in Newcastle. It's almost as if he was from New South Wales and went to Hunter Sports High. Oh, well played. Good, (laughs) sir. Well played. And I I love the fact that he put Inglis' name on it as well. I mean, I always got to respect someone who's going to talk shit, but they're actually going to say it straight to the, the person as well, you know, so to speak, on Twitter. GT351 underscore Johns. The Knights tried hard, but the last pass kept letting them down. The game was mostly boring, meh, a few good bits. Commentary was South buys shit in capitals. And Richo Dragon. It must be dull week. South fans were able to get to Newey or just sold a few more copies of Big Issue on the corner of the Savo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I need to get in the spirit of Glenn and start calling people gronks. Go for it. I, mean, yeah, I think you, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get in the spirit. So, if, so if you take issue with any of these, any of these, tweet, I'm going to do sp- that. I feel like I need to do it for Glenn. So I'm they, just going to start throwing it out. They say stuff that you know to get a reaction, to get smacked down so by I'm, Glenn. I'm just so. going to get. I'm going to get some Tourette's right. on there because I feel like Glenn sometimes might have some mild Tourette's. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly predictable. I mean, you know, he's got certain buttons that you can press yeah, to get the true. to get the reaction, and I mean, and these guys know that too. Which is why they put like Tigers in decline on tweets that have nothing to do with the fucking Tigers. Oh, I, game. I do find yeah. that quite amusing. I'm surprised he hasn't he hasn't cut them. Literally hunted them down and cut them. Yeah, well, he's thre- he threatens it weekly. Uh, match of the round Saturday, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles 24 defeated the Gold Coast Titans 16 in front of a Skill Park crowd, allegedly 14,927. And let me tell you, that is absolute bullshit. Um, I saw you lolling away on, on Twitter there uh, in regards to that and you retweet yeah, I, something I I, along those lines. I, yeah, I, I sent that tweet literally the second it came up on the screen, like, you know, midway through the second half. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, Manly's 24 points came from tries to Matt Ballin, Brett Stewart, Kieran Foran and Jorge Tafua, the Mexican winger. Uh, Jamie Lyon, 4-4 four four on the conversions. Titans, they had tries to uh, Bo Falloon and a double to Kevin Gordon. Scotty Prince, 2-3 of three on the conversions. Look, 
I really feel like Manly just choked them out and that, that they never really left second gear. And when they decided they wanted to score, they scored. And I hate Manly. Like, I hate them more than world poverty. But you've got to give it to them. Uh, what I really admire about Manly is that not only can they run the ball in for tries, they can kick it in seemingly at will. Like, their kicks through under the post for people like Brett Th- Stewart tearing through on it. Their attacking kicks are not just to the corner. Yeah. And it's quite impressive to see. Um, the, the only moment of brilliance, I think, from the Gold Coast was Caesar's kick to the corner, which was probably a bit of a force play because he was running out of options. Yep. It was spectacular, but that was really it. It was Manly's game yep. the whole time. And that was the impression that, it, that, um, that I had uh, watching it. It's just like, they, were, they, they just did what they wanted. They, just, you know, they had the withstand. I mean, the Titans scored first in that game. And... Um, they basically had to withstand, I think, about the first seven or eight minutes without the ball. Titans just getting repeats out after repeats out. And eventually they scored, you know, millimetres in from, you know, the edge. So, you know, if, if you're going to concede a try, that's where you're going to do it as well and, you know, put the pressure back on them to try and turn it into six points. And then when they decided to score, I mean, they just did it at will. I mean, like you're saying with those kicks, I mean, like Jamie Lyon, ridiculousness when he's, you know, being forced out into touch out on the right. So he just sort of throws a, throws a kick in that sort of centres pretty much right under the post and there's any of two or three guys that could have grabbed it and scored the try. Um, did it easy. Uh, you know, they took Watmo off very early on, you know, just precautionary because they could. And I think that that's what Manly's been doing the last couple of weeks as well. There's been a couple of guys nursing injuries and we've had a couple of guys out. And, you know, since we've got back to something resembling, uh, you know, as full strength as we can get, given that Wolfman's out for six months, they just basically do what they need to do to get the win and then back off, you know, ensure they get the win. But, you know, don't go crazy diving for balls and things, you know, and don't, you know, stretching out or something that's going to aggravate, you know, a dude that's got like, you know, half a hamstring injury or something like that that needs an extra week. Then they're just, you know, taking it pretty easy in that respect. Now, the crowd was ridiculous. Like, I mean, you've been to Skilled a few times. Yeah. Now, you sat in the Broncos away bay or you sort of sit on the side? Um, I, I just always usually get the best tickets available. Yeah, like so those halfway just, ones on yeah. the side there, yeah. On the, what's probably the side that's not closest to the train station, whatever way that it's is. It's devoid of... Oh, at the one that's not the corporate devoid side. of atmosphere and yeah. just... It just tends to suck the life at you. It's not a pleasant trip, Skilled. No. no. It sucks to get to as well. I mean, we went down to Rabina Tavern because I knew that there was uh, the group of Manly travelling supporters was going to be there as well. And so, Rabina Tavern was just packed with Manly people. And uh, they had their own private, uh, you know, charter bus thing to take them to the game. So, we had to get the shuttle from Rabina Tavern. Ended up catching like a regular bus outside. It's just you just don't know where it's when it's coming. You don't know where it's going. You know, you hope you're on the right one to get you to the thing. And then afterwards, it was the same thing as well. Like getting back there is a pain in the ass to get to, unless you just drive to a train station, catch a train, and just you know pop off at at, uh, at Rabina. But this crowd, the um, first thing I have to smash, you know, kick skilled in the nuts for moving the away supporters bay. It used to be on the southern end right behind the post and then you know people would just spread out either side now they've changed it and they've actually kept that center behind the post bay like for titans fans for well, what like, titans not, fans yeah yeah exa- exactly and so where i was sitting when i sat down you look across to the left because now like we were in two bays uh, the two two bays to the left of that we were in we were full of that of manly people two bays to the right i was in one of those and it was full of manly people as well and it was like literally you know almost 100 percent occupancy you couldn't see a spare seat and then you see all the others the like the the corporate side no one there the other end they had the titans the legion guys on the drums and stuff and other than that there was scattered people and on the main side you know let's say optimistically 40 percent full so there's no way it was 40 000, but the end was 
I thought it was packed, completely packed. And the noise, it sounded like a Manly home game. It was fantastic. But then as the game went on and then um, when nothing was happening, I sort of stood up just to sort of have a look around. And then I could see into that middle bay behind there. And it was just scattered people as well. So I don't know who's counting I th- their numbers. At that. I know it's been mentioned before, but... Yep. I don't really don't know who it is. I don't know if it's like they're getting young kids in from school and teaching them maths and or just getting trained monkeys to run around with little finger presses. Yeah. I, I really don't know who's doing the numbers there, but they're just not getting the crowd. So let's just let's just embrace it, the NRL or the crowd people and go, All right, we actually have five people here. Let's just deal with it. Yeah. Instead of just trying to say we've got fifteen thousand and for, for who? Who's benefit? Yeah. You know, exactly. let's accept the fact that we're getting shit crowds and do something about it. Once again, I'm lumping myself in with them with this us business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. You're, you're, Definitely you're not. very sympathetic. Yeah, I don't know. Um. <laughs> like, uh, Miles, uh, Nate Miles, in one of his speeches at the uh, Dallium's, did say, and I, and I wrote this down because I, I found it quite interesting. It might sum up their whole season. When asked about what he's learnt from different coaches um, because of his rep award, he did actually say, Cardi's been good. He lets you have a, a little bit more fun. Hmm. Probably with strippers and out on the town. Yeah, a little bit and, too much fun. And that is why and we will not be seeing them in the finals <laughs> this year. Yeah, I mean, because I think uh, historically with Gold Coast sides, it's always been known as a bit of a party place, uh, a party club, and therefore the results haven't been there. And so, yeah, what they need is to follow that blueprint again with this franchise. That's the way to keep it afloat. Really. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe they just they don't want to play finals so they can turn skilled into a giant meth lab. Yeah, well, maybe that too. I, I think they should just throw the gates, the gates open. I mean, and the other thing as well, I mean, the amount of uh, tickets, there, I thought there might have been more people there because I saw there was like a Groupon or a Scoopon or, you know, a Living Social or one of those sorts of things through the week leading up to the game where it was $69 for two people to get like gold tickets into the Titans. So they're probably not, that's probably not the best. It's probably, you know, second best level yeah. of tickets. Um, so there's two people in for gold tickets uh, for $69 plus. You got uh, you got dinner at the Titanium Bar before the game or after the game, and then there was like an after party as well, and, and free transfers as well, and a so, happy ending. So that's all a, for like two for one. Yeah, two for, so two people for like sixty nine dollars. I mean, it's a freaking bargain. I mean, the two tickets to the game alone co- would cost more than that. Yeah, like that's um, a great deal. Sounds like they're getting a bit desperate. Uh, I don't know. Are they, are they counting Jamal Idris as a thousand people? Possibly. Possibly inflating their numbers. Yeah, possibly that would work. Maybe his entourage. <laughs> he's, he's catering personal the, catering the people army. filming his TV show in the <laughs> yeah, background there yeah yeah the biggest loser um, <laughs> but yeah Manly did it easy um, it's very good uh, much respect as well to the, the all the Manly fans that travelled um, best travelling supporters in the entire NRL oh my god vomit and I mean and, and admittedly you know we've had you know a great structure and you know with Mark um an ambassador travel, you know, who he's, you know, from scratch organized a system where, you know, he provides game day packages and transfers and takes care of everything and makes it really easy for some, for Manly fans who want to see any game away from Brookie. Isn't he expanding um, that service? Yes. And in fact, he's done one this year for the Broncos. So Sounds like a... Awesome guy. It's gonna. It's going to. It's it's going to ramp up. But think this is the thing. It took. Uh, it took years to get it going properly for Manly. Um, club wasn't interested. All that sort of thing. And it got to the point that he was just talking to Matt Orford after a game in I think two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And he said, "Oh, it's you know so awesome how you you know get all you know all these Manly fans are always at all our games. We've got a massive group." And he said, "Well, yeah, you know, 
and you, you, you tell the club that then and then so that Orford was actually like the guy that actually got the club interested in it and started doing things like you know facilitating functions after games for the players and all that sort of stuff sounds like he needs like a Kickstarter program or something where people can can invest to help get that off the ground in a big way yeah the thing is I mean there's some work involved for a club to get something like that done um, and a, a lot of clubs I don't think are prepared to do it but the Broncos are finally um, he's been trying to get them for a while and I know they did one this year I can't remember which game it was for actually but, um, I was in Sydney it was only a couple of weeks ago so yeah. it was where oh, who did they play I remember because I got an invite via email yeah. that they had like a hotel yeah. um, they were going to do transfers and yeah, yeah. I, I did remember seeing that can't remember the game though yeah, so that was it so I mean um, he's looking to get more clubs on board I know there's been some interest uh, with Penrith maybe and I think Cronulla as well uh, Titans as well which is kind of strange I mean because they really need to worry about their home fans more than away fans at this stage but um, yeah I mean if you can get that kind of system in there for all the you know all the clubs then you know A you'll be fucking rich but um, B, clubs will have a much better away support. And I mean, because I know with you know, the away games at Manly, I mean, there's a reason why we always win in Queensland because, you know, they're always home games. <laughs> I mean, we always outnumber everyone wherever we play. Skilled, Suncorp, doesn't matter. Besides all that gronkish talk, <laughs> I think I think with fixed scheduling next year, it's going to make yeah. that a lot easier to do. Should and you? it would be fantastic to see a lot more travelling fans. It's going to yeah. make, I know, all of our lives a lot easier because oh, I like getting away. So I get away at least three or four times a year if I can. Um, it's just going to make it so much easier to plan these things. If we can get a whole bunch of travelling fans, it'd be fantastic. Yep, exactly. Like, I want to be that guy from St. George with the GST banner. What a fucking idiot with a massive, massively out of date thing that you know. No, no, I don't want to be there like pissing people off with with the banner. But I would love just to dedicate a year like doing a a big year like with the birds. Yeah. But instead with rugby league players. Yeah. That is a good idea. Yeah. Don't anyone take that. I'll cut you. And I have to give the you know the, the more credit to uh, to Bones. Uh, everyone knows Bones, who's a Manly supporter. Um, he's he's at every game, and he actually <laughs> after the game against who did we play last at Brookvale? Um, was it Newcastle <laughs> or, or or the Broncos? That was uh, us. Uh, I think it was it was the game before it was the game before that. I think he missed it. Um, he's he's missed one game in I think three years. He didn't go to the Cowboys game in at Dairy Farms this year, but other than that. He'd, he'd been to every game for the previous three years, and that includes World Club Championships, you know, yeah, games in New Zealand, games in Perth, North Queensland, Melbourne Storm, plus all the Brookvale games. I mean, he's a resident of Sydney, so obviously the Brookvale games are his local ones, but he does so much travel. And um, he went to, I think he was uh, doing conversions on Brookvale after a game, and he slipped and uh, like broke a rib or something, like landed flat in his back, broke a rib. But still, he missed one game because of that, and then he still came up to the uh, to the Titans game. So credit to him, and um, you know he's actually getting recognised by the club. You know they you know invited to you know the dressing rooms, and and you know gets he's get been invited to, to the awards night rather than you know having to pay for a ticket like everyone yeah, else. Well, so fair enough too. He's doing a good good work. Okay, Twitter. There wasn't a lot of Twitter because everyone that would normally tweet was at the game, of course. Um, Michael Darren seventy nine. I've seen Jamal Idris run to the all-you-can-eat buffet quicker than he runs to a loose ball. And uh, Cambo96, who was actually there, you know, sitting not far from us. Quick, Idris is out cold. Wave some bacon under the cunt's nose. He'll wake up. Yeah, like Ash Idris man is... food. Someone's got a... Does he have a Twitter account? Oh, you know, I think he does. I don't know whether he still does it, but I'm pretty sure, he, yeah. we got to shame this man into some fitness. Maybe he needs to be, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> attaching to some of these tweets. He's a Charlotte Dawson into like yeah. Yes, let's get him. Let's get let, let's get him into rehab. Probably not to the point where he's like depressed. Yeah, but in there enough to the point where he just wants to eat some lettuce. Yeah, I just know. a thought. I th- I think that's pretty much impossible. It'll actually take intervention. Yeah, he, needs, I, he, needs a, he needs a proper intervention. I, I've seen him on, like, I saw him on some sort of TV show. I don't know what it was, but he seems like some sort of Channel 9 show. I th- he's pretty far up his own ass. I think he thinks he's top shit. Really? When really, he's just not. No, no. He's, he, he, needs to, he needs to sort his shit out, um, and he needs to go to run around the fucking block a million times and just sort his life out. And he's going to be like, you know, at the end of the... You know, he's got an off-season coming up and it's a long off-season with no finals footy. I mean, the amount of Devon and tomato sauce sandwiches he's going to smash in that time, you know, the you know the, the, the hill's going to be that much harder to climb. They're going to be coming, so easy yeah. to score against the Titans because he's going to be like a gravitational force in the middle that attracts all the players to him and other teams he's going to run around him. Yeah, and hence overlaps all over the field, everywhere else on the field. And at Devon Head, Titans fans must have rocked up at a garden shed because they sure ain't it skilled. <laughs> hashtag True that. Hashtagers in decline. Okay, also on Saturday night, we had the Canterbury Bulldogs 42 defeating the Sydney Roosters 10 in front of a crowd of just under 23,500 fans. And their points, 42 points, went to tries to Frank Pritchard, Chris Keating, Ben Barber, Josh Morris, and a hat-trick to Josh Jackson. Inu, 7 of 7 conversions, defeating the Sydney Roosters. 10 points came from tries to Anthony Minicello and Tau Tau Moga, and uh, 1 of 2 conversions to Braith and Astor. Yeah, look, oh, I don't think anyone can deny it is the year of the hat-trick. Again. Just ridiculous. And I just should mention as well that uh, DJ Explain sent me another updated spreadsheet this week as well, adding more hat tricks. And it's definitely a fact now. I'm prepared to say it's a scientific fact that Lottie Takiri's injury has uh, unleashed, it's opened the floodgates. This he, needs to be put in some sort of scientific journal. He was he, he literally caused a, a, a shortage of hat tricks. And since he's been taken out of the game, they've just been flowing. All right, look, big up for making that spreadsheet and constantly updating it. Every week, What, yeah. what does he do for a living? Do we know? Uh, I do not know. He's a DJ X-Plane. I think I said he was a DJ at an airport, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> How did you come to that, I wonder? Yeah. Well, that's amazing work, but it, yeah. it is now scientific fact that Lodi Jakiri's injury has made the competition more entertaining. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the Roosters, they were never in this game. Really, uh, I think for was the first twenty minutes they sort of looked like they might. I believe be... the dogs were in. The dogs opened them up pretty much the first tackle of the game too. Seemed oh, like but they just like didn't really... let the score blow out too yeah. early. I want to go into bat for Chris Keating. I know that you don't love him, but <laughs> look, he's a guts player. He's a tongue. He's a guts player. That's just a, that's just a nice way of saying someone who hasn't got any skill. I don't think so. I think if you put in the effort, you get the rewards. And I think if you've got the right combination of players around you, it can work. And he does. He's got someone like Barber making the room. He's just got to be there to finish it. He's just got to essentially be someone that doesn't suck. That's exactly right. He's basically a warm body in the line. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. You can't just be a warm body. So they're not outnumbered. (laughs) Ben Rogers. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, he's useless in everything. He is just generally useless. Yeah, yeah. He is the worst player of all time. Now, you can't just be a warm body in your lineup. You've got to have some sort of skill. 
The dogs just got better as the game progressed. They really worked their way into it. Uh, Immortal and waiting no-dos, another solid effort. I think it was unlucky to miss out on a try towards the end. Look, I don't think anyone can deny that Banana... I actually said banana. That Barber has sparked this squad. He's leading a roster that on paper probably isn't amazing all the way from 1 to 17. Um, they're just going with him. And look, they were, they were never really pressed. Yeah, definitely not. And they got their big flogging on the on the roosters that um, a lot of the other top teams have managed to do as well. So it was, a, it was pretty much essential that they did it. And uh, yeah, they had a pretty good win in the end. And Josh Jackson, I mean, a lot been, is being made of his hat trick, but um, he just had the the ability to just be in, be there, right place, right time. He had some very lucky deflections come his way, and just like right into his hand, he just had to fall over the line. It was a very fortunate hat trick. I'd like um, to quickly go quickly back. Did I say Ben? You said Rogers. You said Ben Rogers. Yeah, what what is with that? You meant Ben Roberts. I mean Ben Roberts. Well, Ben Rogers. Where is he anyway? I, I, is there a Ben Rogers? Yeah, isn't it? Um, He's probably at a retirement home with Scott Minto. <laughs> Scott Minto, he's been—he's literally been gold-plated as I mean, the greatest player of all time, according to Wikipedia. Yes, pretty sure that's been mentioned previously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, our love for Scott Minto will never will never die. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You met you met Ben Roberts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I have horrible memories of Ben Roberts kicking as the first playoff of Scrum many years ago. It's seared into my memory, even if his name isn't. Um, you can't just be a warm body in a lineup. Chris Keating. Well, you I can. You can be, own. but Parramatta have got the spoon, so I mean, it just shows it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, you can't. You know, you can't. I mean, so Keating is. You know, he, he's a warm body that can tackle and uh, and and catch and pass. They're going to take some beating. They're going to take some beating. Gonna, this, this first game of the finals is going to be... I agree. They are going to take a beating. I'm going to slip off my chair with excitement. <laughs> okay. Twitter. The Unique 180. Three more games like that and who can stop us? Hash no one. Hash dogs minor premiers. Oh, and hash tigers in decline. Hash tigers into ninth. Um, <laughs> tigers ninth and out. Uh, and we've got GT351 underscore Johns. Lottie got a hat trick. Wait, it was Josh Jackson. Bulldog's great, even against pink grubby cheats. Mini's still allowed to tackle heads. Get over it. You won by fucking 30 plus. Yeah, Anthony Michello, I just... I don't know. He's just fallen off, hasn't he? I think he has. He's, he's managed to steal a couple of tries. I just, just frustrated. Yeah, he, he is getting frustrated. He had, he had the good, way he's he played. Year, Didn't like, he um, have another penalty conceded for something similar? Yeah, he had, and he had, a good, he had a good year this year. And he actually won the Roosters Award uh, tonight, I think it was. The players, you know, like players, player, or you know, whatever player. Well, maybe it's frustration, but I just the yeah. last couple of games, he just seems. Well, he was in the side when they were great, and then he was injured for a while, and he's come back and they're shit. <laughs> so well, I mean, that's true. You know, that back injury did have yeah. him out for a quite a long time. So he would have thought, you know, like you know, oh, did I have a head injury as well? What the hell's happened here? So you know, it's a new world order that he's going to have to get used to. Uh, Super Grover Four, little Benny is a human taser, electric, and will fuck you up. Yeah, fair call. And then he's got a couple of things here, like a... It's like a shark with lasers on his head. Hash pluck a duck. Hash flea bags. Hash tigers are just fucking dead. So I yeah. just, I love all the tigers references. They are so dead. And Yeah. So so this week, you know, send in the, the similar things about the Broncos and, you know, donkeys Oi. and, you know, whatever. Clag, Please don't do that. You know. <laughs> and ha- uh, at White Pie... Congrats to all my doggies tweeps. Whatever you do, make sure the seagulls don't win and we'll never hear the last of it on this week in league. Damn straight. Moving on to the last game on Saturday. 
unfortunate for Glenn this one. The Melbourne Storm 26 defeated the West Tigers 6. A crowd of just under 11,000 people at Leichhardt Oval, which is kind of small for Leichhardt, but, you know, maybe indicative of the season the Tigers have had. The Storm, they had tries to Ryan Hoffman, Brian Norrie, Sikamanu and Kevin Proctor and Sisawaka. Uh, Cameron Smith, he got three out of four conversions. Widop missed his only shot and the Tigers, their six points came from one try and one conversion to Benji Marshall. Look, I'd like to come out here, sit here and defend the Tigers for Glenn. Frankly, they... We're just in decline from the get-go. They don't deserve any defending. Canberra hadn't played yet. Yeah. So So their their season was still alive, and they put in pretty piss-poor performance at Leichhardt. I know it's not a Sunday afternoon, but they needed to go out there. They huddled around at the beginning. They really looked like they might have had a bit of fire in the belly. But once again... They were just throwing an unstructured wall up against the structured Melbourne. I just felt like the Tigers were relying on moments of brilliance Mm -hmm. from players. And that's when Benji went up through the middle. Moment of brilliance. They're relying on that and not well-worked plays. It's the West Tigers. It's the West Tigers season. And when it mattered most, nothing. Exactly. Exactly. And they did, I mean, to their credit, they hung in on this game for for quite a while. I mean, it was 10-6, uh, 10-6 down for quite a while. But then the Storm, you know, once they got the next try, and then they just kind of ran away with it a little bit towards the end. But when, when your season's on the line... Yeah. Like, I just, I, I kept, I was watching the game and I just kept thinking, your season's on the line. And there was some unforced errors that would, and I think it was some consecutive ones there. I just, yeah... There's the thing. I mean, they didn't have to think about winning by 59 or 60 or whatever that bullshit thing was. A one-point win would have done. And, you know, then at least force Canberra to win, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, and the way the way Canberra went out there too, like, you know. They would have been feeling a bit of hope too. We'll get to that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the Storm, you know, they did what they had to do. And, uh, yeah, look, the Storm for this, it was an important game for them because um, I think the game's been, wasn't it played... What night was this game played? Was the Saturday? It was the Saturday, Saturday night, yeah. Yeah, it was played at the same time, wasn't it? As the yeah, dogs, as the dogs game. game, yeah. So I, I don't know if they were getting messages through or, or the or what, but they they were in a chance for the minor premiership if yeah. they won that game. So That's right. they did have a fair bit to play for, but not as much as the Tigers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they had it all to play for. And then Benji was doing stupid shit. I remember that pass he did to me. He sort of went for a flick passy thing and it just sort of rolled along the ground, picked up by the storm, and they scored, you know, pretty much immediately after. Um, you know. Just forced. Yeah. And, you know, there's just there's not a lot you can say about the West Tigers. Uh, this game was kind of an indication of, uh, not their whole season, but it was an indication of why they aren't any better in the... They miss Robbie Farad. Farrah desperately they just they miss some leadership and a, a bit of a solid head yeah I was thinking it was no no Keefe no chance uh, there's a couple of games they you know they had a, this record through the season it was mentioned a couple of times that um you know games where they had Keith Galloway you know they won and where they didn't you know when they, when they didn't they lost but Farrah I'm not sure what the I mean it must be almost 100% loss record especially over this crucial last sort of six games you know where he had the so let's say after after he had the game where he lost his mother um, yeah, they lost that one badly, but then, you know, since he was injured as well, same thing. Look, just they, bad losses. Yeah, they had losses. that stint in the middle of the year where they didn't really well, but it just yeah, shows taking Robbie out, Robbie out of the side. It's really cost them late in the season, but yep. there's some quality in that side still. And, yeah. Further, further bolstered the by Braith and Astor next year. 
Well, uh, we could we could write a list of some stupid buys, and I think he's going to be right up there for an aging buy. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, Twitter at Bensonmeister. Episode 26 of Blair's Bitch Project. Another week of strangers wandering around looking frightened to eventually get pumped. Then we got uh, Gotta Love Keefe. They really do like they would like, rather be somewhere else tonight. Hash, eyes on the road, Rhonda. And Thailand and Bali. Mm-hmm. At uh, Stuart Marla. Imagine a parallel universe where the great Billy Slater isn't so fast at getting to kicks. He just starts in front of the kicker. <laughs> uh, I think that universe might be here. Mark no, Hill. not Billy. He doesn't do anything <laughs> wrong, our Queensland hero. Oh, God. He's just the Flash Gordon. Baseball sliding cheat. Uh, Mark Hill. I don't know if the Kangaroos want a full-time coach, but you think they'll be get- I think they'll be getting one. Just one playmaker versus the Storm. Hashtags in decline. To be f- to be fair, Mark, I mean, it wasn't really their choice about the uh, one playmaker thing. Injuries did kind of dictate that. Uh, Bemson Meister. Tigers fans can console themselves with the fact that their hard-earned money mostly went to play to pay Blair's wage this year. Hash fat mess. Yeah, didn't he go high again this game too? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, he pro- and I thought he was going to get suspended, but apparently not. So he wasn't on a list of guys in trouble. But yeah, he, he definitely conceded a penalty. Uh, Jacoby Nelson. Clawson, what committee of Down syndrome children came up with that brilliant sign? All right, Tigers fans, and then he's gone hash gonesome. <laughs> well, it? I'm going to call you a Gronk simply for Glenn. Yeah. It would be wrong when this is his last opportunity to call someone a Gronk in relation to the Tigers in their last game of the year. So I'm going to call you a Gronk for Glenn, <laughs> and I will cut your face off and then pee on it. <laughs> That's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, a bit weird. Yeah, that just got sexy. All right, that, that just got sexy. <laughs> uh, Tiger 5 And he sent this to uh, the West Tigers official account as well. He said, big props to you, Twitter guy. How you tweet positives about such a shit team is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along to Sunday, the 2 p.m. game. The Canberra Raiders 42 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 22 in front of 11,500 at Mount Smart Stadium. And this game was fucking hilarious. The Canberra Raiders, their 42 points came from tries to Sean Berrigan, a double to Reese Robinson. Sean Fenson got one. Blake Ferguson got a double. Josh Papali got a try. Jared Croker, six of seven conversions and one penalty goal. The Warriors, their 22 points came. Tries to a double to Manu Vadavai, Ben Matalino and Peter Godinet. And uh, what do we got here, conversions? One of one for Maloney and two of three for Ben Henry. Look, I had great interest in this game because the impact it would have on the Broncos yep. and where we would finish. Um, so I watched it with keen interest. I was watching it with my dad and I was like, here we go, this is fantastic. You know, we're, we're not going to have to come up against the loser of the dogs versus, oh, if we win, loser yeah. of the dogs versus Manly. Um, we'll go through in the, on the nicer side of the draw, I guess. <laughs> the typical game of two halves, like oh. the Warriors. For the Warriors, they've been or they've been game up. of two halves lately. I mean, they they feel like they wanted at halftime. They had their hungy out the back. Yep. They had it all ready to go. Probably half cut. Probably on the piss already at halftime because yep. they came out a completely different side. At the end, actually think they gave up. They, oh, they definitely they gave up um, at the point when Canberra scored the try to and then followed up with a conversion to go ahead 24-22 when they were behind for the very first time in the game. That's when they started. Yeah, from that point on, they actually gave up. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like you know, it's not that much. It's hard a first work. grade side, though. You you don't give up. No, do you know what I mean? You just you don't give up. It was it was an amazingly poor performance, and I, what, what I'm more upset about is the fact that. This run of Canberra's is saving Ferner's ass. 
It has. It, I mean, I think. It, oh, what what was the statistic that I heard that he had to lose like eight in a row, or you know, had to lose thirty in a row, or you know, the, the, there was some ridiculous figure thrown out by the administration. Um, obviously, you know, Ferners as well. They have to lose a ridiculous amount of games to even be in doubt. And now that he's actually somehow managed to fluke them into the finals, and uh, not only that, but actually fluke them into a home game in the finals, um, yeah. He's, he's, he's going to he be listed saved. up on a pedestal of some sort of god, but how easily people forget how terrible he really is. Well done, Canberra, for turning around. They really put on the points yep. in that second half, and they just looked unstoppable. All of a sudden, they just turned it on. Uh, Sean Berrigan turned back the clock. Yep. Warriors, see you later, bye. Where is this form that got you to... Well, there's no Lottie Dekiri to get them over the line this year. Is there really in, <laughs> yeah. in Canberra side? No, no, no Lottie Dekiri to exploit. Yeah. Um, Reese Robertson, I think he's actually a better option at fullback than uh, than Dugan is. Dugan's carrying like... I, I know they say there's no pain in relation to that injury, but it's pretty horrific, hey? Even, even, even injuries, even out. at full strength, I still think Reese Robinson is better at fullback than because I think Reese Robinson's got a lot of aspects to his game, whereas Dugan is like he's an excellent, he's like a hard ball runner and like you know he does well in the returns and it's kind of his his trick and like a strong ball runner. But Reese Robinson, he showed like one one of his tries when he danced there, he's got footwork, he can pass it. I just, you know, I don't know what you, what that means for Dugan, you know, whether he has, what are you you playing know, like, has to be a 5'8", five five eight eight. Or, or, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, Reese Robertson, late bloomer. And he's been the guy, he's been at one of the, the consistent figures in the side over their last couple of weeks when they've been winning games that they probably shouldn't have won. It was an ex-Bronco from many years ago, we, I think we, we cut him loose. If you're playing him at fullback, and he has been playing really well, Dugan's got to go to to 5-8 like where else yeah. do you play him you can't waste him on the wing that's just a waste of a lot of money and yeah but I, I mean, just don't you know, know you if he's a centre I don't think he's, he just doesn't have the, the sheer size for that yeah but you look at like you know Jared Hayne in Origins when they stick him on the wing he goes you know he, he does a lot so I, do, I just don't know if you want to buy a Ferrari and, and, and stick it in the garage you, you want to play that they spent a lot of money on him yeah. and re-signing him yeah. and that's a lot of money for a winger yeah just wonder if they I mean you know they managed to kind of you know stumble you know into the finals somehow this season, and I just don't know if they want to, if they really want to tinker with it too much. You know, oh, like, I yes, think you, you, know, you go with the winning finals. formula. Yeah, Blake Ferguson. You know, that's the biggest shame for the Warriors. I mean, they made Blake Ferguson look good. Anyone that does that, any team that does that, needs to be shot. I mean, he was scoring tries when they when they had given up, and those tries they'd scored at the end when they had given up. They, you know, they were running through five and six players who you know weren't really doing anything. Yeah, we shut the gate, Shandor with a wonder pass. Yep. Like, yeah. And like Fensum's try, I mean, like, just, just you know, cut back through the ruck, you know, uh, you know, one pass off to play the ball. And he just, the, the gap he went through was massive to the point, and, and he went through with such speed that, you know, they kind of got their hands on him 10 metres out, and he just, you know, just blasted them all, threw them all and carried them over the line and scored, so. Look, I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised that Warriors came out as hard as they did. I thought they weren't going to play Maloney. And all of a sudden, he, he yeah, snuck he was, up there at the end there. But yep. not playing Johnson, I thought they were going to maybe look possibly for some combinations for next year, give some other, someone else a chance. I don't know how Maloney seems to rear his head right at the last minute. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is for them. Find a coach, find a team, and find some fans. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit rough. Yeah, it's a bit rough. I mean, yeah, they, 
They've probably got fans. I think their, their, their crowd for this game was probably more indicative of, uh, you know, just their season. Yeah, their position and, um, on the line. And I feel, I feel bad for Luck. I mean, that was his last game. And, you know, it looked like he was in a halftime. All good. Unlucky. 36-0 in the second half. Just total capitulation. Twitter. Nismo Raiders. All the injuries we've had at Canberra Raiders this year. And Furness still got us into the finals. Fuck, he has some good assistance. He does have some good assistance. He's, cha- he's Mel Meninga, isn't he? Yeah. Of the uh, club coaching world. Exactly. The Chapo, 82. Wow, the Warriors have gone to sleep again and that imposter Blake Ferguson is made to look good again. Then we've got big underscore red underscore Mitchell who looks exactly like Keith Galloway, mind you, <laughs> who, we, we, who we met at the grand final last year when we were at least 10 cans down and I uh, thought he was Keith Galloway. <laughs> um, no, he goes for Canberra. He said, uh, bring on the Sharks. I'll warm the deep fryer up now. Fish and chips for all. Almost forgot. Hash Tigers have declined. <laughs> and uh, Andy J. Page, wow, just wow. Warriors, you are truly the worst team in the NRL beside the Tigers, of course. Hash Tigers in decline, Hash Manly back-to-back. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, they are the worst team. You can't capitulate like that. Like, yeah. I, I, sat, I just sat there on the couch after was going, did I just witness that? And, you know, they, had a, they, they capitulated. Uh, there was um, 18-0 against the Knights. They, they'd lost. They were 18, uh, 18 nil against Manly and 22-4 against Manly. Lost. There was a, another game where they were up by 10. and I mean, literally, they've had this lead thing happen in about their last five games on the run home. And, all you know, that's, they had their chance. that's a side that, you know, wanted to get rid of their coach. And they did successfully got rid of their coach. But, um, you know, when you've got a caretaker, if you want, you know, they obviously don't want Tony Ira to coach them either because, you know, usually they... You know, deliver for the caretaker, but you know, on this occasion, they haven't at all either. Okay, next game, Sunday, 3 p.m. game. The North Queensland Cowboys, 36, defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 22, in front of 16,829 Toyota Stadium. That's a good crowd for Cronulla, actually. Uh, Cowboys, 36 points came from tries to Brent Tate, a double to Ash Graham, which got him in line with Barber for the Dallium Tri Scorer Award. Gavin Cooper, Jason Tamalolo, and uh, James Sigiaro, Thurston was 5 of 6 on the conversions and he also grabbed a penalty goal and the Sharkies they were 22 points came from tries to Paul Gallon, Colin Best Isaac DeGoyce and Andrew Fafita Carney 3 of 4 on the conversions right, this game showed me that Cronulla are going to be one and out in the finals yep I, I really honestly believe that um, that and Seguiaro has great hair is the two takeaways <laughs> I have from this game they, they should have done better at home great perfect day yep. great crowd is that what they're going to spit out next week? Bit of a touch football game, this one. I mean, neither team was particularly impressive when it came to the defence. But, um, yeah, I mean, Cronulla, they, you know, they don't have the flashy attack that other teams have, that many of the other teams, uh, you know, if not all of the other teams in the finals have. But what they do have is, like, you know, a solid base of defence and, you know, letting the Cowboys in for 36 points. Not exactly what you want to be doing on the eve of the finals. Yeah, look, they still did get, go for, what's it, 22 points. They still put some points on, Yep. but yeah, they just didn't really feel like at any stage they were in it. This is their home game. They need to put in a lot more than that. Ironically named winger best scores a try. Yep. You know, he gets another chance next week to, yep. to really put it away in his farewell year. But Cronulla, they really need to improve from here they if do. they're going to do anything. With Thurston and Bowen going off late, um, obviously wrapping them up in Cottonwall for next week against the Broncos. Yep. But there's really not a lot Cronulla can take away from this game. I agree. And you know what? There wasn't a lot that uh, anyone really took from this game. Literally, 
We had one tweet. That's how interested people were in this game. Normally, we have to parse down, you know, sort of 20 tweets a game. This one, one tweet from resident Cowboys van NQC81. Cowboys win in Sydney against a semi-final opponent. Goodness knows what kind of havoc we're going to wreak against the Broncos. Oh, easy on. Like, and I think I never get my tweets on a note read out in the show anymore. I need to pick my games. You, re- you rarely, rarely the quality, deliver them. That's why. I, the quality <laughs> is... The bar has been raised. So I need to pick the, the gronkish games to tack them on the end of by the sounds of things. But the level has been so raised by some of the quality tweets out there that yeah. I think I get like tweet panic. Like it's when you go to the toilet and you're trying to pee but someone comes up next to you. These guys are just putting out some monster tweets and I just can't compete. <laughs> <laughs> they put out some anaconda tweets. Is that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's go to the final game of the regular season. Uh, Sunday night foot bitch and the St. George Illawarra Dragons 29 defeated the Parramatta Eels 8 in front of a crowd of 45,863 at ANZ Stadium. Great crowd to see off Hindy and the other Gronks. Uh, St. George Illawarra, their 29, came from tries to Matt Cooper, Ben Hornby, Jamie Soward, Brent Morris, Dan Hunt, Bronx Goodwin. Conversions, Jamie Sow, two of six. Benji yeah, S. Good effort. Yep. He also grabbed a field goal for himself. Parramatta Eels, their eight points came from a uh, try to Ryan Morgan, a conversion to Luke Burt, and uh, also a penalty goal right at the death to Nathan, Nathan Hindmarsh, his first and last uh, goal kick of his entire career. It's good to see Nathan Hindmarsh get a kick over. Oh, I always love that token kick at the end. Yeah, but the thing is, as well, it wasn't like an easy one either. It was probably, it was would have been, you know, around sort of, 10, 15 metres from the touchline and he had to carry it out and the best bit was I loved when uh, they go for the kicking tee and he's like nah and gets sand and makes yeah. a little thing a little, oh, a little, cool. a little sand mound and puts it on there and I thought he was going to toe poke it but he actually it actually looked pretty good and it took me a while to figure out what was on the front of Parramatta's jersey yeah yeah. And I was like well, what is that but that was a pretty good cool silhouette they had going on in there um, Hornby, I've never really rated him. Captain Average, yep, literally Captain Average. Better fullback, I think, personally. Yep. But it's good to see him go for a try. I think this game was more about how shit Parramatta was yep. compared to how good the I Dragons agree. were. Also, I think the Dragons wanted it for their guys more than, you know, or, you know, the Eels can say, you know, how much they wanted Heidi, uh, you know, to win and everything like that, and Luke Burt, but I think that the Dragons showed in actions that they wanted their guys to go out on a win far more than the Parramatta's uh, players wanted uh, Heidi and Burt to go out and win. Yeah, well, the young name is synonymous. So, and I guess, yes, uh, Burt's been a good clubman. Yeah. But it's not the same. No. Not, not even in the same league. I feel sorry for Nathan Hindmarsh. Uh, just, he, he deserved more from his career. We all wished a lot more for him, and yet he, he goes out. I just, I don't know, who knows what he would have achieved with Manly or, or God, anyone else? Could have been, could have been the next Beaver. Yeah, well, could have been. I, I, I don't know. I, I wish so much more for him. He'll definitely have a, a career in the media after this. Yep. There's absolutely no doubt. He has a bit of personality to him. We saw that Dallium Awards yep. um, up there with Braith and Nasser. He can actually speak at a camera and not mm-hmm. look like he's terrified, know, terrified or special. Yep. Um, but there's not much else to really take away from that game. I don't think it's <laughs> like Jamie Sowers try post try celebration was absolutely ignorant. Ah, oh, yes. And, uh, and I don't I don't want to uh, to preempt yeah some of the tweets but who, the, who mentioned that uh, but yeah I mean an absolute idiot uh, Dan Hunt he looked good towards the end of the game got a try and uh, you know almost a second as well um, 
uh, Jamie's out. I mean, you know, if he wants to dispel his rock star shit, I mean, that was the douchiest idiot post-try celebration from a dude who's got no right to celebrate anything in a shithouse year. STI, um, St. George Illawarra, also stands for Soured Terminal Illness. That's what he is. He's just an infection on the club. Mm-hmm. Um, he just seems to have all of a sudden, going from playing Origin yep. to being such a revelation, all the way down to I, just feral. Yeah. People are turning on him pretty quickly, even some of his yep. own fans. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if he just ever since Wayne left, he's just, I don't know, his mindset's just not there. Yeah, he's definitely not. And in this game, he was a, you know, bench player. I mean, he, was, he sort of came back through the bench, from the cutters through the bench. And, you know, he just doesn't look great. Doesn't look great. I mean, a lot of speculation about him leaving the club and, you know, heading over to England. And, you know, that's probably more, you know, his level at the moment, to be well, honest. Yeah, and if, he d- if that does happen, I just wonder how he'll be remembered. I think you'll be remembered pretty badly because, uh, you know, once again, like Brian Smith, it's like, dude, stayed on too long, peaked, went down the other side of the hill. Because you've got to remember, he had a lot of promise at East as well and never quite, you know, achieved it. And then, then he went over the Dragons and that's where he finally got his opportunities. I mean, he had some first grade games over at East, but he never, you know, cemented a position. Uh, you know, made his rise through the Dragons, got the Premiership, you know, when they had, you know, their three-year plan to, you know, pick up a couple with Wayne Bennett. Um, Hasn't really happened. Now he's down, back down the other side. Yeah, uh, Steve Price. I just probably run out of, yeah, run out of ideas. I think the the club's got to do a bit of soul searching now. Um, I don't know where their leadership's going to come from, and if Jamie Soward, that little spark they had left, if if he disappears, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yep. They got Stanley. See how long it takes him to recover. Yep. But um, I feel like I've been really negative on a lot of teams tonight. I guess it's just the end of the season and. It's hard to not be negative <laughs> when uh, when a lot of them have just been asked out of the season. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And I mean, this was a you know a, a meaningless game. Although the Dragons did actually create some meaning in this game for themselves, uh, over and above the uh, the players that are leaving the side uh, by winning by twenty one points. It actually got them into ninth on the ladder, ahead of the Tigers and relegating them to tenth. So Tigers into ninth is a really ha- really catchy hashtag and everything, and I wish they'd have come ninth because I always predict them to come ninth. But unfortunately, uh, the last game of the season made them tenth. Yeah, I so. think though ninth is one of the ninth hurts. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Ninth really burns. Yeah. Tenth probably even a little bit better for poor Glenn, but um, yeah, not when it's for and against. Didn't really matter, you know. <laughs> it's true. It's Tigers in decline in a big way. Okay, Twitter, Dragons underscore Red V said, It's sad that Hindy's career ended like that, but we can all be glad that the Tigers got relegated to 10th. Hash Tigers in decline. Cambo96, now I've seen everything. Ben Cray was making his way to join a fight. I think you've seen that wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't happen. S. Baralius, forget about the four retirees. Congratulations to Cray being the first woman to play 200 NRL games. (laughs) Uh, oh, that's quality. Scotty Eel. Well done, Cat in the Hat. Get the fucking guns out after shooting blanks all year, you dancing fairy fuck. Yeah, going out swinging last game of the year. Yeah. Mr. Bowles. It was nice of the Parrot Eels to send Hindy out the way he spent most of his career getting flogged. Hash a wooden spoon. And he actually tweeted that to the Parramatta Eels uh, Twitter account. So oh, that's running. rough. Yeah. Well played. The Dragons underscore Red V came out again and said, oh, I would like to congratulate the Eels on a great jersey. Much better than the Batman shit the Purple Cheats dished out. Yeah, it was a fantastic jersey once they figured out what yeah, it was. If I was a Parramatta fan, I mean, I definitely would have grabbed it. Oh, for sure. sure. I mean, yeah, yeah the fantastic. silhouette idea was was fantastic. Yep, agree. 
Previews for the first week of finals in 2012. First one, game of the round, one of the games of the season, no doubt about it. The minor premiers, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, take on the People's Champs, mighty Manly Ringer Sea Eagles in the first final. This one's not a sudden death one. It's going to be at ANZ Stadium at Sydney Olympic Park. Friday night football, kickoff 7.45pm, live all over the place. No Broncos playing this Friday night. Yeah. Look, whoever wins this game... Uh, wins or whoever win, doesn't win the grand final whoever wins this game makes it to the grand final yep I, I think the other side of the draw and I've had a good look at it I've got it up in front of me now is, is not going to put up too much resistance to Manly or the Dogs who are quite clearly the number one and two side in the comp at the moment I guess it's a bit upsetting that they have to go face to face straight away but we're going to get some scintillating football it's going to be a great game I just hope they don't hurt each other too much yeah um but whoever wins this is straight into the grand final. It's just a fact. They're, they're going to end up having to play, you know, the, the loser of Storm and Rabbits and um, the winner of Raiders and Sharks. Yeah. It, there's, there's no competition there. You make the grand final if you win this game. Yep. It's going to be a fantastic game of football. Yep, I would agree. Uh, and Seagulls are going to win it easily. I don't know if I... I really don't know who... I've been back and forth on this so often. Um I, I think Manly will win. I, I don't really have a reason for it. It's just my, my gut feeling tells me they'll win. I, and, and I think they might meet again later in the finals. There's not much else there that um, they might stop these two guys going head-to-head twice. And wouldn't that make for a fantastic final series? It would. It would. Um, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe it was after Manly beat South, I'm not sure. I said that we weren't going to lose again this season. And I'll, and I'll stand by that. Uh, it, it has come to pass. We've been playing, just taking it very easy the last couple of weeks, sort of doing the job, doing what we had to do, and then, uh, you know, putting the queue in and just uh, recuperating and, you know, preserving our, our strength, you know, for the, obviously the right time. Manly, you know, tremendous ability to peaking at the right time of the season. I mean, it's been a very scratchy year. The start of the season's always suck for us. But, I mean, this one, especially with injuries and suspension, has been, it's been up and down. But then they find themselves in the top four at the right end of the season on a six-game winning streak, um, which is, you know, I imagine exactly where they want to be. It's not too many wins in a row. Like the yeah. dogs, they needed a loss. Yeah, yeah. Six in a row is not too many. You yeah, can, exactly. You can, you can go on from here. Uh, I, I'm loath to to give Manly too much props, but they are on fire at the moment, and this is going to be a fantastic game of football. Um, I just hope they don't rough each other up too much. And I think the Bruce brothers and the Bearded brothers and Cassiano and Pritchard are going to be key to this game. Cassiano went out injured. I think in the last game, pretty early on in the piece, didn't get to have too much impact. Um, I don't see there being a a lot of points in it. Um, I think something in the vicinity of, I think it's going to be less than 20 points for each team. So I think 16-6 to Manly. There we go. Put a figure on it. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. I don't know. I think it'd probably be uh, more points than that just because I really like the way that the Raiders exposed the Bulldogs the other week. Uh, some of their defensive uh, deficiencies and I have a feeling that Manly uh, Manly's attack is just keeps getting better and better each week and I mean that's saying something because I mean they've scored some incredible tries over the last month but um, yeah I think that uh, they'll clamp they'll they'll crank it up another gear and uh, remember the last time they actually lost I think was against the Dogs so yeah well Ben Barber won't be leaving any balls this time I don't think too the, um, wasn't that against the... That was against Manly 
didn't he, where he left yep. it too late. Uh, I just, I really hope the Bulldogs win. I'm going to be wearing my uh, Bulldog scarf that I have one. I'll be purchasing one. I'll be cheering them home. But um, I just I just don't think it's going to happen for them. Yeah, I think Manly to win and uh, just another stepping stone on their way to glory. And the Bulldogs will be a stepping stone to them going 0-2 in the finals and uh, learning a massive lesson. Not 0-2. About, hu- about humility. You are speaking crazy talk. Just like, uh, you know, they did the other year and the Titans did the, you know, the Titans have had a year doing that as well. Um, next year, I think dogs are going to be super dangerous. Yeah, well, coach of the year. Yeah, exactly. The great man. Yeah, it doesn't win premierships, does it? <laughs> Didn't get one on the way to winning premierships in Manly. So, uh, you know, and, and then they do have that Dally M curse against them as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's the thing. Mm. Like, that's the thing. It is a thing unless you're Manly in Matt Orford. Oh, 2008. Well, God. Matt Orford. <laughs> he will be remembered as the Archite- shaving of a human. The the uh, the architect of 40 nil. Yeah, 40 nil. <laughs> he was more probably. I, I hope the dogs put 40 nil on Manly. Like if that happens, if I might happens, even. I hope it's this game. If it's, I'm gonna have it tattooed on my bits, 40 nil, with the dog <laughs> symbol. There you go. I'm not paying for it. A dog fan can pay for it, but I'll do it if they win 40 nil. All right, done. <laughs> okay, second qualifying final. This is also a non-elimination match. Second versus third, Melbourne Storm versus South Sydney Rabbitohs down at Amy Park in Melbourne. This is the 5.45 game on Saturday. Um, Melbourne Storm. I, I just, yeah. I don't have faith in South. I, I know they're there. I know they made it in the top four. I know they earned it. I just don't believe them. I just, I just, I feel like under pressure, they just, they might crumble. I know Greg Inglis is going to put in the game of his life mm-hmm. against. I know he's been away from them for a while, but it's still his old side. Yeah, he's going to put in a barnstormer of a performance. Royce Tassi's there, Sam Burgess. They, they've got a very mobile pack. South. I just think Melbourne are going to play clinical football. Maybe not as clinical as it was a couple of years ago, but they This is this is where Melbourne Storm. Yep. They they petered out last year. They gave an absolute whimper last year. Mm-hmm. They're not going to put in a performance like that again. And they also uh, they've won five in a row. So this this will be their sixth in a row if they can win it as well. So another team that's kind of you know they had a they had a bad losing streak. I mean they lost five or six in a row uh, after the Origin period, but they've steadied the ship. Won five in a row, going for six in a row. And you know I still don't rate South. I mean you know if South can win this game, beat Melbourne in Melbourne. You know, then it'll go a long way towards winning me over, but uh, I just don't see it happening. I saw some statistic as well about Souths. Uh, if if they've, they've never won, I think, in, in nine attempts down in Melbourne, and I think the the for and against combined was something like 330-something versus 60, or, you know, thereabouts across yeah. nine games as well. So they've been caned every time they've gone down there. And, um, you know, I don't think they'll be caned but I think they'll be comfortably dispatched. Look, these two first games we've talked about are definitely going to be the the two better games. Yep. Um, The winner of this game will end up going on um, into a preliminary final, and they will be playing the winner of whoever loses between the Dogs and Manly. Mm -hmm. So let's say Manly lose. And whoever wins between the Cowboys and the Broncos... So I'd say the Cowboys definitely. Yeah. So look, essentially, whoever loses the Dogs or Manly, they're going to go through and play Melbourne yep. for a chance to get back in the grand final. Yep. 
So really, we're still looking at a dog's manly grand final, no matter what time. It's a Friday night game, probably shouldn't even be played. Look, I feel sorry for a lot of the other teams there. I feel like I'm cutting out all their chances, including my own, my team, which I love very dearly. But there's two very dominant teams in here. It is, it's, it's, this side of the draw is a lot easier. Melbourne Storm should progress. It will make an absolute cracker of a game in the preliminary final. But I just don't see... Unless Souths pull out an amazing game of football, no brain explosions, yep. um, I don't think they're much of a chance. Yep. Okay. Let's put a figure to it. Should I put a figure to it? Yeah, this I think, one. I mean, it's going to be less than 13 plus, but it's going to be, uh, you know, more than a try. Isn't it strange you say that? I, I'm thinking 26-16 okay. to Melbourne. 10 points, yep. That sounds about right, too. I'd say so. Maybe even a touch less, like, you know, 20 to 10 kind of thing as well. Yeah, Melbourne don't tend to leak too many points, but I'm going to stick yeah. to that. Okay, so the first of the elimination finals. It's going to take place on a Saturday night, 7.45pm. It's fifth playing eighth. The North Queensland Cowboys versus the Brisbane Broncos at Dairy Farmers. Yes, I am going to be parked in front of that TV. Once again, I can't drink, so I'm really going to struggle through it. Matt Chechen refereeing, just quietly. <sighs> yeah, well... I, someone's going to send me some Valium or some Xanax. I'm going to need something to get through this game. Um. I'm pretty honest in the sense that I think this this is not the Broncos' year. We're building. We've got a young side. Average age is like 22, 23. The big years for us are not, you know, maybe next year, definitely the next two or three years after that when our team grows together. This is going to be a hard game to play up there. We do have a fantastic record mm-hmm. up there. It is really, really good. We can win this game, and I'm not going to walk away shocked if we do. But I really feel like we've been exposed up the middle the last couple of weeks. Yep. They've just been carving us up. And I can see Bowen chipping over the top. I can see Thurston chipping over the top. I can see him carving us up the middle. Tamo is just going to chew up the meters. I hope not. We need to take this win that we just had and roll on with that momentum. If the young <laughs> kids can get their heads right, and we, we did it against the dogs. We got out to that lead. We did it against Melbourne. If we can do that... We can win this football game. Do I think we will? Maybe not. 12-6, Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game by a margin exceeding 13-plus, possibly approaching 26. I think, the, I think the Cowboys are going to win this game easily. This is a finals game where, you know, you get, you, you know, you get your, your foot on the jugular and you just, you know, you just kick that face into the curb. Wow. As hard as you can. And I think the Cowboys are certainly a team that love doing that to sides. I mean, you know, they get the lead. You know, they'll certainly put them to the sword. I think they can easily score 13 points, 30 points against the current Broncos lineup. And, yeah, the Broncos showed against Penrith. I mean, scoring points is like pulling teeth. Against Manly, they got gifted one with three seconds to go, um, you know, just because, you know, we tried something cheeky. Um, so, you know, point scoring is not something that's really... It's not coming easily. I mean, Justin Hodges is pretty much the only avenue through which, you know, points can uh, materialise out of thin air. Um, Otherwise, it's the same pattern that the Broncos have been doing all season pretty much, which is, you know, get field position, maybe get piggyback down there with a penalty or something, start sending guys like Ben Hannon and, you know, and Glenn and Teo into the line and hoping they just break through on a smaller guy and score. And if that doesn't work... Uh, Wallace puts up a bomb to, to the edges and there's no yayi out there, you know, who's the one guy that can make that tactic actually work um, you know, the yeah. majority of the time. I'm welling up with a little bit of hatred, but it's it's <laughs> not because... It, some of the stuff you say is true, yes. Um, 
that does seem to be what was happening. Look, at the beginning of the year, we were we did make a lot of yards. We were just hitting it straight up the middle, and we'd Corey Norman running through the edges, selling his dummy, going through. Dummy That's through. no longer happening. <laughs> so we are we are pushing some of our options. Uh yeah, our fence hasn't been the best late. It was such a shit game against Penrith. It really was Spoonapalooza. I just feel like with the win under the belt, we just needed the breakthrough win. We are going to be a much improved side. Are we going to win? Probably not. Am I going to absolutely lose my shit if we do win? Yes. Like, look out for possible genital shots on Twitter because I am going to be so ecstatic. I think we can go up there and take it from them. Fantastic record. And you know, it, and, and you know what? I'm I'm really hoping you do because um, I think I think you guys are cannon fodder, but I think the Cowboys are the dark horse in the entire eight. That uh, the, the the one team that, that could challenge Manly for the title. So if you would do us the the honourable favour of reading the competition of the Cowboys for 2012, that'd be fantastic. And then you just get blasted apart next the next it, week. Next what? Oh, are you are you conceding that Manly are going to lose the first game? No, no, I'm not saying we're going to blast you apart. I'm just saying, but whoever blasts you apart in the second week, we're going to we be can waiting. Beat, we're we can beat off. the dogs. Well, I think we've shown that not even a couple of weeks ago. So my prophecy of the dogs going 0 and 2 is actually. On the verge of coming Possibly. true. Possibly. Look, I think, I think we can beat the dogs, go across to the other side of the um, there, knock Melbourne off, and I think getting to a grand final, it's hard. If you're the favourite going into any of the finals games, you you know, you're generally probably going to win. When you get to the grand final, though, being the underdog is favourable. If you can make it there as the underdog, there's less pressure. It worked for the uh, it worked for the, the Warriors last year. Yeah, but I just, yeah, that they just sucked. But if you can get there, anything can happen on grand final day. And East the year before, and Parramatta the year before. <laughs> I'm saying it can happen. Doesn't always happen. It can happen. We might have been the underdogs in 2008, though, so maybe. But certainly people's champs. Okay, the second elimination final. This one's taking place. It's, uh, well, four o'clock, so we're actually going to get it live on our Channel 9. About time, Channel 9. This one's coming from Canberra Stadium. That should Stadium. be a hashtag. Sorry. About time, Channel 9? Yeah. All right. Uh, Canberra Stadium, Canberra Raiders. Versus the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Um, do we have anywhere the starting teams? Yes. The Raiders. Dugan is back at number one. Reese Robinson's pushed out to the wing. And Sam Williams is in there in seven. So, um, you know, there's some changes there. I mean, you know, does, does the inclusion of Dugan in the fullback spot... I mean, it certainly diminishes uh, the impact that Reese Robinson's going to have. I think it's, and as as I said before, I, I think it's actually a bad move. I'd have Dugan in. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what number I'd have him in. But even if you had him on a wing and then gave him a roving commission in attack, yeah, and defended I think him on the wing. Exactly. I was exactly the same thing in the sense that let's keep Reese Robinson there. Yep. Let him play his natural game. There's no reason why they can't interchange at some stage if the experiment's not working, but yep. um, it's, it's a proven at this point in time. Dugan, he's just, they spent a lot of money on him. He's yep. a quality player. They just they need to have him in the side. Um, I, I feel sorry for the Sharkies. They've had a fantastic year. I, I really feel like the Fern and Juggernaut is going to roll on, sadly, for another week. Yeah, I mean, Sharks, I mean, defensively, I would have thought def- the defence was their, you know, their big you know, key, but... You know, 36 points they let in fairly easily last week. So, you know, they can be breached. So, and they don't seem to have the attacking players that can match the points that the Raiders have put on if it becomes a shootout. And it very well could become a bit of a shootout, this one too. So, I think uh, down in Canberra, 
Sharky's not in the best form. Raiders, you know, continuing this Bradbury sort of run where, you know, they're knocking teams over. I We're just waiting you know, for everyone to fall over. Yeah, I think they can win, the the Raiders. I think I think they'll definitely win. I mean, this this is this game for me is probably the 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 least clear cut of all the games. Oh, flip a coin. I think there's going to be points though. Yeah. I think there's going to be. I think there's probably going to be a one to twelve margin. Yeah. But they'll both be in the twenties. Yeah, and that's possible because one thing you know the Raiders don't have great defense either. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, the Warriors, you know, put 22 on them very easily in the first half. And it was more that the Warriors actually, you know, dropped their bundle and, you know, their interest in the game more than, you know, allowed Canberra to score some very soft tries rather than anything else. So, you know, I don't don't, don't think the Sharkies are without a chance, but I think Canberra will win. Possibly the most entertaining game. The other ones, I think, oh, well... Oh, Friday in the sense that I think it's going to be like that. The Friday night game is going to be the best quality game. Yeah. Not necessarily the most entertaining in the sense that these guys, I think there's going to be a lot of ball movement. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Then. Um, who do they? They all end up. So whoever wins that game will go on and play the loser of the Melbourne and Rabbits game. So probably end of the road then, really. So Canberra versus Souths would make an interesting game for the following week. It would. It would. Two teams I don't rate especially much. I mean, that, that would sell. Um, that would send then probably Souths on mm-hmm. to a preliminary final against the winner of the Dogs and Manly. Easy path to the grand final. Exactly. For the Mighty Seagulls. They, and that's exactly Sounds why. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, not the. Yeah. God damn it. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say, make you say yes. No. <laughs> yes. Okay, that is full time for episode 103. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Facebook, we set the goal uh, at the start of the season to get up to 1,000 likes by the end of the season. We're up to 996 as of uh, this afternoon, so we're so close to the goal. I honestly thought that we'd need like you know the international games and all that sort of stuff that happened post season to get there, but we've had a bit of a surge on the last you know I guess two months, so you know close should do it over the next couple of days. So you'll make you it, done it. I reckon. Look, I there. always get onto Facebook and always make it a thing to make sure that I, I share. Yep. It get it out to your friends. I, I always I show all my rugby league loving friends. I get so much enjoyment out of the podcast. Um, there's no reason. Find your rugby league loving friends. You know they'll love it. You love it. Share it. Look at that. Well, I mean, you know, that's not even, you know, myself or Glenn saying it. That's like, that's another person, you know, no, Been there since so day listen. dot. Been yep. long-time listener. Love the show. So, share it, guys. Share the love. Okay. So, iTunes. We got a new review through the week from Ben Lux one The title is All Other Podcasts in Decline. Five stars. Uh, and uh, not only is this the best NRL podcast, it is the podcast full stop no, I think he means the best podcast full stop. Nate and Glenn are a couple of gronks that all go, <laughs> all go for, for questionable sides. They give an informative and hilarious insight into the world of NRL. Keep up the great work, fellas, and go the bunnies. Hashtag is in decline. Go the bunnies. Uh, thanks for the review. Uh, worst of luck coming up in uh, in the next couple of weeks for, for your side. Uh, tipping. I'm, I'm charging up to 38th now. Um, so still going up, which is great. Uh, Glenn. 
terrible round. Um, I'm not sure he put his tips in last week, to be perfectly honest. I think he got two. Um, and Paraman, who uh, is his uh, head-to-head opponent, is in 42nd position now. So that pretty much at this stage of the Shut season, the, with the, game, the, the games are kind of minimal from this point on. If you're trying to break, you know, make up deficits, uh, you know, with four games a week, you know, moving to two games a week, it's not going to happen. Uh, so I think that one's pretty much over. That's and Paraman's it's nearly win. close to outside miracle territory there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably not even mathematically possible. It's probably something like, you know, six six games. And considering we've got four games this week and, you know, two games over the other couple of weeks and one game, it's just it's just not possible. Um, you are sitting back in 54th position. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm terrible. You know, in all my tipping years, never have I ever received one full round. I am the single worst tipper. If you ever see me put anything on Twitter or Facebook or anything in regards to betting or yeah. tipping on something, delete it in- immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I am horrible. Yeah, because I have seen you, you bet against the Broncos though and win. I, I, look, I love my Broncos and if I always see if you bet against the Broncos and they win, it's a win-win. Yeah. Because right. you don't worry about losing the money but I... I know people like Erin. I know she doesn't like that very much, the yeah, Tates. Yeah. But I think you just got to go with your head. And, you know, if we lose, spend the money on beer to drown your sorrows. Yeah, fair enough. Um, fantasy is uh, done and dusted, at least for the uh, regular season Supercoach. Um, congrats to all the winners of the competitions. Unfortunately... Um, because I haven't been able to talk to Glenn about the winners of the competitions that he was sort of administering. I'm not sure who won comps uh, one through five. So uh, we'll talk about that over coming weeks, no doubt, and uh, look at prizes. Uh, number six, though, I can say that uh, Jeremy's Giants uh, came from fourth to win the title in that in uh, that comp. Well done. And in number seven, we had the, the Cunning Linguists, who were second at the end of the regular season, and they went through and uh, won the grand final. So congratulations to you guys, and congratulations to, to everyone else who, uh, who won Tard cups and stuff like that because you know, <laughs> a lot of them going around as well so congratulations to those people like I um, I was in fantasy and obviously didn't do too well um, yeah. in the tool comps but um, at work what's your team called? the Aubergines <laughs> <laughs> and I went through last season at work in my work competition went through undefeated full season yeah. into the finals out straight away. Dogged it. Bulldogged to the, it. To the same guy that I've beaten twice that year. This year, undefeated all year. Same guy knocks me out. And he's... I just... I just choke in the finals. I just... I don't know what it is. I, I build my team up all year, get to the finals, out. I don't know what it is with fantasy, but it's 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 becoming a thing and I'm not liking it. Happened with me. I mean, I had... Uh, I, I got knocked out all of mine in the, the game... Uh, all except for one, they were knocked out the game before the grand final, and um, and I know what I know what where I went wrong. It's because a lot some of my seasons I was undefeated, and it's because to be undefeated you need to have a certain side, and there's not a lot of you know using up certain amount of trades and stuff to be undefeated. Where it's probably better to lose about you know four games, come in about third, and use those trades yeah, later and in actually the season. and actually you know tank some games and don't go so hard to win every single week. And, you know, take some games and have some shit left over at the end of the season. I think that's what I'm going to do next year. Because there's not a lot of people I find that, or I didn't in my comp, that were for and against was an issue. Yeah. So, as long as you're winning them yeah. some games, yeah, exactly. like, you're not going to finish them for and against. As long you're as you get into the finals, you're okay. If you yeah. get, if, as long as you get in the top eight, you're usually okay. Every year I'm learning, though. Yeah. Um, trying to get a little bit better each year. Corey Parker definitely faded badly after yeah. his injuries and I think a lot of people hung on him, to him a little bit longer than yeah. they needed to. I think it was one of those two. I've had to swapped him out for someone like, I don't know, 
Burgess, maybe, you know, things might have been a little bit oh, different. He had his injuries, though, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I did have him early in the stages. season. I had trade him out at one stage. But, yeah. Um, and actually, so I should go, uh, I, I neglected to go through the top five on uh, the tipping. Uh, too busy talking about our travels. Um, number one, Whitey. Is that, is that who I've got there? No, I think I've got the wrong chart there. There's actually <laughs> been a change. There's actually been a change at the top of the ladder. And, um, and I am just trying to find it. I know that uh, it's me, Cookie Bra, has actually taken the lead by one point over Whitey. Um, and it's a big thing because Whitey has pretty much been leading this competition for the entire season, I think. Um, possibly not since game one, but, you know, for a very, very long time. And so it's me, Cookie Bra, has taken the lead by one point with, you know, not many points, you know, not many times ago. He did it with a perfect round as well. Uh, Whitey, he's uh, he's back on uh, 126. Uh, he got six in the in last week, so that cost him. Uh, Kylie M, she's uh, sitting in outright third place now, so she's gone up a place. Uh, she's a one twenty five, and uh, Dave Mack, who is uh, my co-host on this week in MMA, he's up into he's been thereabouts around the uh, the top five. He's finally in there. Uh, he's uh, in equal fourth position with someone else with Todd H nineteen eighty seven. They're both on one hundred twenty four points, so three points off the leader. So you know. With the right results, it is possible for those guys to get up and and uh, get the win. But I think you know the top three are probably realistically fighting it out. I mean, what have we got? We have got four games this week, two games a week after, two games a week after. So we've got nine games left. Are they uh, double points in finals. I don't have any clue. I don't think so. I mean, I, um, I set up the comp, and I don't think that was even an option. Uh, so I think I mean I know you could set the amount of points a, a game was worth uh, each week, but I'm not sure it's separated out into the finals. So in any case. Um, nine points available you'd imagine that people are, tend- are going to tend to be tipping the same sides in a number of these games so it'll be very interesting to see I mean I, I guess theoretically you know if these guys can you know have a total debacle at the top you know uh, fourth and fifth you know they're a chance but um, do you tip safe is the question or do you go for gold I think you've got to go for gold I think if you are in the you know if you're really desiring like a top five finish rather than a win then you know you just you just try and get the tips right, um, but I think that yeah. If you're if sitting you, around fourth, fifth, sixth, go no, for gold. No guts, no glory. You have got to catch up. You know, three points in you know out of nine games, which is you know ridiculous. So you know maybe a couple of upsets might be the key. That's yeah. what I. That's what I'd probably do. I mean, no guts, no glory. I think. Why do you don't don't let him be you right late in the season? That's gutting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you don't want to just like, you know just give it away and say oh, but you know I finished fourth. No, you know. no one cares. No one cares exactly. Okay, and the finally the shop. We still got stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, stubby cools, all that stuff. Thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. Get in there and get it. When can I get my This Week in League stickers? I really want stickers. Stickers. We yeah. We want to produce stickers and. I want uh, to stick it on the car. I want yeah, I want I want a, a range of tigers in decline or you know like hash something in decline like some sort of you know maybe even we do produce something so people can pick the team. And just throw it on, throw it out there, but um, yeah, that's something we thought about. Obviously, you know, given circumstances at the moment, we'll have to, uh, you know, keep it back burner. But you know what, the uh, it's a long off season, it you know? long so off-season. there's a lot of time for us to do stuff when we don't actually having to produce episodes of the show as well. So um, anyway, that's it, Sam. Thank you for thank having you for me. Uh, jumping off a plane and uh, coming straight from the airport over here. Not a problem. Can't wait to go back to Rockhampton tomorrow, nice and dirty. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a privilege. No um, worries. But let's hope I 
don't have to be here again and Glenn can be back That's soon because yep. he's definitely a lot more entertaining than I am. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure people on Twitter will tell you. Oh yes, exactly how Please. exactly exactly how entertaining or, or, or unentertaining. Troll the ass out of me. I know it's going to happen. I'm definitely not going to listen back to this episode because I don't <laughs> want to hear my voice. And one of those, you know, when you hear your voice, and you're like, do I really sound like that? I'm not yeah. going to sit through two hours and twenty minutes of my own voice. But yeah. I'm sure the Twitter community will tell me how terrible I am. So I look forward to having Twitter wars. Excellent. Okay, so that's it. See you next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>